Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. What is up, everybody? What is up? Thanks for hanging out with us on this Friday Eve. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. That is Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. And there is our guy, Barrett Brooks. B, what's going on, my man? Bro, I'm good, Robert. Really good, man. Oh, good. You're, 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 you're Rob. I'm sorry, Rob. Your, your son is Bobby. You call me Robert. Robert. Okay. I, I, I just like saying that, Robert. I like Robert. It. What's going I like on? I call yes. him. I call him Robert when I want to get under his skin. Right, <laughs> Robert Patrick, get over here. Robert Patrick, get over here, boy. <laughs> that was it. You hear that? The trigger, man. Those words. Uh, but good to see everybody. What's up, Trat section? What's up, Robert? What's up, Taylor Mayo, Christy, our girl, little Tone, Miguel, uh, Raptor Strikes, Ween Bull, Eric. Uh, M. Reyes, if I missed anybody, Jeremy, uh, I see all you guys. I appreciate all you guys. Good hanging out with everybody. Beautiful day in our neck of the woods, our neighborhood. It's supposed it to be like 70-something today, bro. Yeah, man, at 70-something, and I think even warmer, D-Gun, right up your alley here. Uh, yeah, uh, 75 today, 82 tomorrow, my man. I think tomorrow yeah. is your deck, your deck day is tomorrow. I think you got to get out on the deck. Tomorrow? I think so. I think so. What's up, Philly? What's up, Lando Media? What's up, Keith? What's up, Brett? It all it all depends on when this guy comes. I got to find out. This guy we have cutting our grass, he'll show up on a Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. There's no consistency with this dude. I understand he has another job. Yeah. But if he comes tomorrow and then all you hear is, you know, that's not good. So I got to find out, <coughs> excuse me, when well, he's coming. Um, before I make that determination, because then sometimes you'll tell me I'll be there Thursday. It shows up Friday. All right. You know, I always right. tell him, can you cut it Friday, Saturday? But he can't because of his job. So I'm thinking I may have to get somebody else, man. Cause you know, when he cuts the my grass grows so fast, he cuts it on a Wednesday by Saturday. It doesn't look like it's been cut that quick. Oh, my man. grass grow. When we get, when you get any kind of kind of moisture on my grass here, this grass grows, bro. Wow. So, I go once a week. I do mine once a week. I, and once I, a week, I'll, bro. Yeah, yeah, and I weed whack. Every I cut my week. dandelions once a week. I got mushrooms out there growing, too. Yeah, I haven't got those yet. Why don't okay. you just uh, treat it? I with, do treat uh, it, man. Treat it, it, it. Just spray it. I do. I, I treat it, whatever it is. I don't know. I got some tough SOBs in my yard, bro. Yeah, I do too, tough, man. Tough, I pull tough, some tough. dandelions out with six, eight-inch roots at the bottom. Like, how in the world? Um, right. and you got to take one of those little shovels and dig them out. You can't just pull them out because they they break off and then they come back. So you got to take a little shovel, dig around them and pop, pop them babies out. You know what I have a problem with more than anything? I guess not a problem because even when you pull them up, they smell pretty good. Is is those wild onions, the little onions? Yeah, yeah. yeah those yeah. little things grow everywhere, man. You know, yep. and you pull them up, they smell good, but it's like, can't use them. Yep. You never try to eat them? You know. Putting your salad. That's the wild ones now. Not the wild ones. <laughs> that can make for an interesting evening. Right, <laughs> yeah, right, right. You get the right one. Man. Woohoo. Yeah, I hear you. I hear <laughs> you. Uh, what's up, everybody? Hope everybody's doing well out there. Uh, we got a busy day in Philadelphia sports. So here's what we have, guys. We have a game three. Well, I guess 
what is it? The mm-hmm. quarterfinals. And then next round is the semis. And then it's the conference championship. Conference and, and then it's the finals. Yeah. So it's in the, yeah. yeah, we're in that stage. Yeah. So uh, game three, Sixers and Nets. Uh, Phillies start a homestand against Colorado Rockies, 640. They're looking to string together consecutive series wins. And then now we are officially one week, one week away from the NFL draft. And Eagles made a move yesterday, guys. They made a move. Mm-hmm. They, they acquired a receiver. They signed a receiver from the Falcons. Uh, I, I've gone back and forth on his name. Uh, Alameda. Alameda Zacchaeus. Local kid, too. There you go. Yeah. South Jersey. Uh, yep. Went to St. Joe's Prep, which is a factory for for folks outside of the area. They yep. they turn out a lot, a lot of. And Trot's sons go there. Trot's sons both went there. John Runyon's son went there. Yep. Marvin Harrison Jr. went there. Yep. Uh, DeAndre Swift went there. You know, we could we could go on and on and on, but there's been a lot. Uh, but but uh, Zacchaeus is a five eight, not a big dude, one ninety three uh, pound. He's played four years with the Falcons. Came out of Virginia last year, pretty solid, forty catches, five hundred thirty three yards, three touchdowns. On a team that didn't throw the ball, is pretty good. Yeah, that had yeah. you know Mariota and a rookie. Yeah, you think about it, right? So, so you know, look at if you look at those numbers, man. You know, they uh. He, that's pretty impressive for a team that really didn't throw the ball. They ran the ball for the most part. They couldn't throw the ball over 15 yards the entire year. You know, their, their offense was was so bad, man. So that's why I'm trying to figure out why they're just going defense, 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 unless they're just going draft, offense, offense, offense. They went straight defense in the, uh, in the, in the offseason. Well, I want to know, can this kid can he block? Because in this offense, the slot receiver has to block. So can he block? That's one thing Zach Pasco could do was block. Yeah, you know yeah. Zach didn't get many looks in his offense. When you think about, you know, we we were kind of we were not kind of, but we were excited about bringing him over from the Colts as a slot receiver. He didn't get many touches, you know, but he he was an accomplished blocker. Mm-hmm. You know, can this kid block? You know, because Quez Watkins like his catching. When it comes to blocking, it's not just a job; it's an adventure. Um, I'll tell Quez this- that Quez is angry. Oh, Quez, Quez fired up on Twitter today. <laughs> hey, you know what? Vanity and everything. I like that. I like, like that. What? The fact that he's fired up and he's pissed off. He should have been that way during the season. Yeah. But I like the fact that he's, he's pissed off about it because you don't go out there and do something about it. Well, let's, it let's takes quit. us getting into your skin for him yeah. to go out there and produce the way he needs to produce. Then so be it, man. It didn't take that much for me. It didn't take anybody saying anything about me. I was self-motivated. I wanted to be great. So if it takes people getting on his nerves and, and, and talking bad about him, no, not even talking bad about him. That, and let's get this out of the way. I want to say this first. It's not we're talking bad about him. We're telling the truth about the inconsistency and him not doing his job. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Now, if you're pissed off about that, then change the narrative. Well, here's the thing. When you've had the inconsistencies in your young career that he's had, you don't need to be spouting off on social media. You know what? If you're that ticked off, show me. Right. Because right. If you just you just dropped the F-bomb on Twitter to everybody who's doubted you. If you go out and do the same thing, guess what? The booze are going to rain down even more so now because you've antagonized people. And he gonna Keep get a your bunch mouth of closed. Yeah, he's going to get a bunch of F-bombs. Yeah, let's around. let people know what he said. So he tweeted out, I guess this was in response to the, the Zacchaeus the, the, signing. Yeah. He said, he said, I'm not going to use the word, but he said, quote, I'm going to make y'all eat every bleeping word. Okay. okay. I don't know. Okay. Look, I'm so with you, Bart. Like, I'm glad he's playing with an edge, right, but, right, you right. know. Keep your mouth closed. 
Right. And he himself said after the season, I didn't have a good year. So this is the big leagues, man. You get yeah. questioned about stuff. It's the way what it do goes. You, what do you expect? This ain't college where everybody treats you with kick gloves because you're the big man on campus. You're the little dog in a big pond now. You want to be a big dog, you got to bark got to bark louder. Catch the ball. Yep. Catch the dang ball. You know, that's, that's what it. you're here for. Yeah. That's that's all you got to do. I mean, it's, it's all about production. It's all about you going out there and doing your job. If I don't come here on this show and do my job, then people are going to talk about me. Well, people are talking about him because he didn't do his job. Now, we could be talking about him and talking about what he did do. But he didn't do much. So what do we have to talk about? Absolutely nothing. When you oh, there's my mom and mom, yeah. I did not cuss today. Hi, Mama Brooks. You haven't cussed yet, Mama Brooks. We still got a little uh, about two hours and 48 minutes. Not yet, man. Oh, man, it's, it's a given. It's a given. She, shot, she shot me a text. She shot me a text and said, um, language, son. I'm so glad she watches over you. I know. Well, that's so, I, I, that's I so nice. I'm so glad. It really is. See, when you become more disciplined like Rob and I, it's just a given. These words don't even formulate in your mind. You just, they're just, you don't even think about certain words to say. I don't care how animated and fired up and passionate you are. These words just don't. You know what, Mama Brooks? Thank you. Thank you, Mama Brooks, for staying on him because he wouldn't listen to me all those years when I worked I don't with know. him. I don't know. There he is. There I he hear is. you. I hear you. Um, there it is. But look, if this if this is what you need to mo- – so a couple things. Hey, if you're fired up, great. Carry it right on over and put your money where your mouth is. I'm Cool. That's fine. But, Barrett, I'm with you. Like, did it take this? It take, took the Eagles signing this guy to get you fired up? I don't, I don't love that. You should have well, been fired up. He they sign him and then he says something. We've been saying this for the entire offseason. Yep. Yeah. It's just the organization saw that they need to fill a hole, so they went out and got somebody to fill that hole. Uh OZ ain't playing. Yeah. Oz ain't playing, bro. He coming in, he's with a quarterback that'll throw the ball to him. Yeah. He's Oz wants to make some plays. Yeah, he hung. You know what I'm saying? I like I like he's, he's, I like he's become Oz. I'm with you. That's a tough name. Right, oh, I, I was right. gonna go Z Man or Oz, but I like Oz. That's good. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. And then, <laughs> then you see, and then you see that um, you see uh, Kenneth Gainwell is gonna be rocking the the O zero the zero. zero. Yeah. Yep. So that's I, I mean that's cool. I, I I um I hope I hope this doesn't come back to bite Quest. You see, if he makes this comment in like Cincinnati, Green Bay, Buffalo. It's taken with a grain of salt. Yeah. But you are one in one of the more highly critical markets in all of pro football. I don't know. The first time he drops the ball, what in the what's gonna happen? Oh, Tell me he's gonna get a whole bunch of FUs. What? What? He's gonna get a whole bunch of FUs. You know how many people are gonna bring up this tweet in September, yeah, October? Do. They're gonna do absolutely it eat because you're gonna he's gonna make everybody eat their words. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah, it's got it's coming. See, you know, I guarantee you one thing though. Uh, behind his tweet, he's already had a conversation with certain individual in the Eagles organization about tweeting that. I guarantee well, you that. For sure. Yep. I'm for sure. sure. I'm sure. But, hey, look, anyway, it, this seems like – I don't think we've seen terms of the deal. By the way, Howie and Nick speak at 2.15, so we'll we'll keep you posted on anything those guys say. Um, but uh, it, it feels like one of those low-risk, high-reward. You know, you're probably you paying go. them very little. Uh, for a guy who produced pretty decently last year and, and not a great spot. So I, this feels like a good, real nice move by the Eagles, you know. How he does it again. Yep. He pokes and prods and finds something. And, and, you know, like I said, this roster is not going to be the same as it is now. No. Um, even with the draft picks they get, there's still going to be some some veteran signings, you know, because there's going to be a bunch of teams that are going to let some guys go. 
that might not fit what they're trying to do, but it might fit what the Eagles might do. Like the Eagles are going to let some guys go that are going to fit somebody else's system. So, man, it's the nature of the beast. You know, it's the nature of how things go in the NFL. You know, sometimes they like you, sometimes they don't. You got to find somebody that likes you, man. Well, not only not only that, but if if Howie does find a way to get more middle round draft picks, uh, they'll draft another young receiver, or they'll pick up an undrafted free agent wide receiver as well. They'll scour the waiver wires, and who knows? Every year, there's always some veteran still sitting there in August, early September. You wonder how in the world are they still out there that piques Howie's interest and bring him in? If I'm Quez, I'm thinking, all right, the message has been sent. Now it's on me. I'm Quest. I'm out there five hours a day doing nothing but catching passes, either from a quarterback or the jug machine. Bro, catching passes all day. Bro, all he got to do is just go, go to the locker room, go to the meeting room, uh, go outside. He'll find he'll, he will find Jalen Hurts around there somewhere. No question. You want to look real hard right there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You got to look. All you got to yeah. look is where somebody's working out. You hear some 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 waist clattering or, or you hear, someone you squatting. Fish. <laughs> right, you know, it's gonna be Jalen, you know. So I mean it's not gonna be it's not gonna be like it's gonna be far from him. I, I, I will say this. Quez Quez can be a really good player, man, if he focused. You know what I'm saying? He lacks, I think, right now the focus to 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 be great. The focus to, you know, put go all in on what he's doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He he hasn't done that yet. He hasn't turned that that uh that switch on. I mean you you look at a focus. Watch guys like AJ. You know those type of guys have a focus about them. You know what I'm saying? They have, they're intentional about everything that they do. Very intentional. You know what I'm saying? And he's got to have that same type of desire also. Smith is the same way. They got to focus to themselves. You know they might be ha ha and he he. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And but then as soon as they step on the field, everything changes. Mm-hmm. Ain't no more smile unless we win it. Yeah. If you I'm Quez, Quez, I'm the first. I'm calling Devontae. I'm calling AJ. Hey, where are you guys working out right now? I don't know. Can I come down with you? Yep. And it should have took this long to do that. Yeah, you're right. Because now you're coming sure. up on OTAs, and and then training camp gonna be here before you know it. If I'm Quez, I'm putting all vacations on hold. Absolutely. Everything. Now coach, you, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Look, coach, you said big time yeah. wide receivers make big time catches and big games. He's right. It's right. He did. No, I mean that's 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 what it is. Big time players step up in big time situations. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I um, I've seen guys, man, just take things to a totally different. Like I, quick story, man. I, you know, I played with you know, um, Irvin Fryer. We're playing Dallas, and Dallas, man, that's when they had Dion, and. Dan will tell you, Irvin is one of the hardest players he ever played against. I remember playing this Dallas game. I'm, I'm starting left tackle, and every like we ran a slant play, and each time we run a slant play, Irvin Fryer would catch it. Irv had like 120 yards on Dion. You can look it up. He had like over 120 mm. yards on Dion. Run the same exact play. It was nothing but a slant play, and Dion is so mad and pissed off that before the play, he's pacing. Back and forth, like this pacing back and forth. Why do I keep letting Herb catch a slant on me? He keeps catching this dag on slant. Why does he catch a slant on me? He's pacing back and forth. Well, Herb goes out. Freddie Solomon comes in. Freddie Solomon, you know, he's got to run the same slant. So at this point, he's Dion's not even looking at, 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 at Freddie Solomon, but he's pacing. You see Dion pacing. He keeps running the slant on me. 
and it's is 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 I know the, I know the potential was too jet, but I don't know what the route was. All I know is he's pacing like this. So my boy Freddie, like, because I'm looking at the play. Oh man, I got him now. So he gets down his stairs. Oh, I got, I got Dion. He's not even paying attention to him. He's pacing back and forth. As soon as Rodney P said, hut, hut, and they snapped the ball. Dion ran over to him, grabbed him before he could even move, grabbed him, threw him on the ground, and started pacing again. While the play is still going on, he starts pacing again. He threw my boy Freddie on the ground and started pacing back and forth because uh, uh, at that point, Irvin Fryer was in his head. He couldn't stop the play. Funniest thing I've ever seen in my life, man. I said, I can't believe a guy could do that, man. I mean, just. <laughs> just like all right, and kept on pacing. Damn. The play's still going on, and my boy Freddie's sitting on the ground looking up at him like <laughs> I mean, no flag or nothing. Yeah. He didn't let him get off the he didn't let him get off the line. Wow. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, look, I mean the receiving room <clears throat> right now, they they still could add somebody. Um, but you're gonna have Quez battling for that fourth spot, you know, right now. You know the one two are, and I I would guess. You know, Zacchaeus becomes the three. Um, and Kawhi's trying to be that four guy. I mean, that's it. See, right now, after Devontae and AJ, there's a significant drop-off in the receiving room. Significant drop-off. Even with this addition, we don't know what he's going to be to this offense. You know, we thought Zach Pascal was going to be a lot more. We don't know. We don't even know if he's going to make the roster, first of all. Right. Okay. Um, it could be just a practice squad body. We don't know. And that's not demeaning him. That's just, I'm just saying, we don't know what they're thinking in terms of, you know, are they just giving him a look to see if he fits here and all of a sudden he's gone before you know it? Could he make this roster? You know, we don't know. Are they going to draft another receiver? Are they going to pick up a low-tier veteran, a proven guy? Because, you know, th this is a this is a dominant frontline group but a very thin backup uh, core of, of receivers right now. You know what, though, Derek? Isn't that this team? I mean, if you think about it, Look how thin they are at offensive line now. Yeah. yeah. Look how thin they are. This is the going to be the difference between, I think, this year and last year. And you're still going to draft people, so you'll, you'll have some more depth for sure. But what's behind the Kobe Dean and, and, and Morrow? Nothing. You know, what's behind Reed Blankenship and, and Terrell Edmonds? There's not a lot, man. No, There's no. not a lot you, you, to go around here. Not a lot in the trenches and not a lot in no. a lot of other positions. I mean, really, where do you have good depth? I... Um, you got good depth at oh quarterback. I, 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 <laughs> I heard said, oh, you got a good depth at oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at. Man, I say, look, look I say, quarterback. Interior. You look at your interior defensive lineman. You got Fletch, Milton Williams, Jordan Davis. Uh, could could was a Cadavius Street. Yeah. You got Marlon Tui Pelotu. You got Marvin Wilson, and you got Noah Ellis. Got a little bit there. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of question marks. But see that there is some depth at linebacker. It's just depth that I mean, it, there's depth. But yeah, but that, there's depth, and then there's yeah, experience. And yeah, proven it. It's yet. a big difference. This well, team like, just went from this team just went from a surplus of depth across the board. To a bunch of question marks depth wise right now. And we knew that was coming. We knew we knew it was gonna happen. But this is where we are right now. At the linebacker position, you got Davion Taylor. He got some burn the year before last. Sean Bradley, 
special teams guy, Kristen mm-hmm. Ellis. I like Kristen Ellis. I think Kristen Ellis can play. I think he's going to try to fight for that starting position from Nicholas Morrow. Then you got Nicholas Morrow. Uh, you got uh, and Nicobe Dean. So you've really got five linebackers for two positions, for two slots. Um, I mean, how does – I, how, how does how does Davion Taylor let Sean Bradley and Christian Ellis jump over him in the in the in the um depth jump in the rotation? Yeah, yeah. How, how does that happen? He was starting. Davion Taylor started two years ago. He started. He was a starting linebacker two years. So, ago. so what does that tell you? Right, right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But this is a Davion Taylor's in danger of not making the team. Well, that's what I'm saying, you know, because he's yeah. not really a special teams guy. And they will definitely keep Sean Bradley over Davion yeah. Taylor because yeah. at least when you put Sean Bradley in, in on defense, he'll make some plays, man. Yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll create chaos. He'll also, yeah, he, he may not know what the hell he's doing, but he's going to definitely go out there. <laughs> he and run what he doing. He's going to hit somebody. <laughs> right, hit right. Somebody. Somebody's going to pay the price for him being on the field. He will. <laughs> they will not. Bro, tell you a story. I had, I had my boy, man. His name was Nate Washington. They watched the play receiver. I think he's from like Tuffin oh, yeah. University or something like that. Um, he was on he 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 got to camp and he didn't know his playbook. He didn't know play. He didn't know what to do. But the coach messed around and said, "Look, son, I know you don't know what you're doing, but whenever you on that field, whatever you're doing, better be full speed. If you messing up, it better be a full speed rep." And it got to the point. That he'd be out there, he wouldn't know what route. It was supposed to be a slant route. He'll run a go, and he'd be wide open because he's going full speed. And he made the squad just because he caused so many bombs on him because nobody, like, what offense is he running? He's running his own offense. Instead of a slant, he's running a go. Instead of a, a, a go, he's running a slant. He's running a comeback when he's not supposed to run a comeback. He's supposed to run a, a, a nine. I mean, he just, I mean, he just was totally – unorthodox in how he played the game but he ended up always making plays so they watched it end up signing he signed you know and he was with the eagles for about two or three years didn't want to sign a big deal with the titans man so let's just go show whatever you do do it to the best of your ability you know what I'm saying if it's, if you're gonna be out there running routes run routes full speed that's exactly what happened bro mm. exactly what happened he ended up making a good career so look it up man nate washington you look it up he had a yeah, nice long, big time deal also with uh, with the Titans, yeah, no, it makes a it makes a lot of sense. That's for sure. Yeah, but it's gonna be interesting because there are gonna be position battles this year. Where in the past maybe there wasn't as much, um, for sure. Hey, one o'clock, we're gonna be joined by Ian Cummings, who is an NFL draft analyst for PFN three sixty five. So we'll talk to him about all things Eagles, what we think the Eagles may end up doing, but we'll also get into, you know, what quarterback he likes the best. Uh, is there some, who, who's after Bijan and his pecking order? You know, all those kind of things. We'll get into it uh, with Ian. Looking forward to having him on uh, for the first time. Oh, it is Other, 420 day. To, what is it? That's in the, it is 420 day. It, it is. Yes. There may have been some people who have, uh, who are already having fun today. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. That's correct. Yeah. It is 420 day. Yes. For those of you who don't know, it's Barrett. Why don't you explain? It's when you can smoke weed. This is 420. This means smoke weed day. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you hear about the West Coast? The West Coast um, is, is is throwing things all off kilter because they have so many um, so many uh, weed farms. This man, oh yeah, it's overly saturating all the um, you know all the places out there to sell the weed. So 
uh, they said right now, uh, California and Portland, both California and Portland have over 300 million, um, 300, like $300 million worth of surplus weed sitting there. Um, and they said now they're starting to, you know, all these dispensaries are starting to illegally send weed to other places to sell it, oh. you know, for, for lower prices, you know. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just listening to it on the radio. I don't, I don't partake in it because it's I got, deals. I got asthma. Uh, I, I just saw that uh, Atlantic City got their first dispensary. I was surprised. Yeah, it was the first I saw that. One. Yeah, it opened up at eleven o'clock. Uh oh, we'll be in Atlantic City next week. That's right. <laughs> Could make for a really interesting draft show. <laughs> oh my God! Yes. Uh, all right. Well, here's what we do. We come back, guys. We are going to look back at the Eagles' drafts the last five years. We'll see how Howie and crew did. See if that's any kind of window for what this year is going to look like, especially when they're picking at 10 and 30. So we will do that uh, when we come back. Like I said, Ian Cummings in a little bit. We'll do some Sixers because they're taking on the Nets tonight in game three. Phillies win yesterday. They actually won a series. Could they get on a roll? They're playing a bad Colorado team uh, coming in here tonight as well. And, and a lot of NBA talk, too, with some of the other games. Some big wins last night from teams that were short-handed. Yeah, man. Derek's Bucks went went crazy in the first Ooh. half in that game last night. So. First half, woo, man! They were hitting threes from 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 the Milwaukee River, man, from Lake yeah. Michigan. They <laughs> yeah. were tearing it up last night, man. Yeah, it was crazy, man. It's crazy. All right, so let's get into all that when we come back. Don't go anywhere, Barrett, Derek, Rob, hanging out with you on this Thursday, four twenty. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, you got the munchies? You hungry? <laughs> Whatever it takes, man. Bravo Pizza of Havertown <laughs> <laughs> is there for you. Yes. Uh, Bravo Pizza of Havertown is a sponsor of Sports Take and of Jacob Sports YouTube Network. And look, I, I've been going there since I was a little kid. They've been family owned since 1985. You got Alex and the crew there every day making the food fresh. This is not holdover from the day before, sitting under a heat lamp, any of that kind of stuff. The great thing, too, is, man, if you're a pizza lover like I am, 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go as well. But you can also call up and put a request in for a special kind of pizza. That's right. You name it. They'll make it. Specialized pizza your way. And they don't just do pizza, by the way. Fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. Bravo Pizza, uh, Bravo pizza of Havertown is fully committed to the community as well. They have fundraisers. They have charities for schools, for little leagues, for where all the proceeds go to those organizations. You could follow them on Facebook or Instagram for specials and promotions at the Bravo Pizza of Havertown, 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. That's 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, 610-446-3810, 610-446-3810, Bravo Pizza of Havertown.
Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. back we're sports take jacob sports youtube network let's smash the like button friends if we could that's barrett Derek will be along uh momentarily as we uh as we switch gears into full-time eagles here ian cummings of pro football network 365 will be joining us at one o'clock we will talk to uh we'll talk to ian all right um so we said we mentioned the uh zacchaeus signing uh adding the adding the wide receiver Comes over after uh, four years with Atlanta. He was undrafted uh, coming out of Virginia. Had a really good senior year at Virginia. Not the biggest guy in the world, but uh, knows how to play that slot, scrappy, uh, quality pickup for the Eagles. Um, you know, again, we'll find out a little bit more on him in the terms of the deal as time goes on. Howie and Nick uh, meeting with the media at 2.15. I figured it'd be a good time to look back at the last few drafts, guys, um, and just see you know, how they've done and, and see if we can sort of gauge that into what this year may look like. Now, when, when you do this, it's a little bit tough last year because as we mentioned in the first segment, they had so much depth, the guys didn't get on the field a ton, but that's okay. It wasn't really reflective of them. It's more reflective of how good the Eagles team was. Okay. So with that said, Jordan Davis, Jordan Davis, yeah, you can view it a bunch of different ways. I, I thought he was really starting to come on, and then he injured the ankle, and then, you know, he wasn't really that the same guy after that. But this is a, where we're gonna we're gonna know one way or the other now. 
Yeah, we're going to know one way or the other right now this year whether or not he can play because there's no more Javon Hargrave. Uh, muted B. Absolutely. You know, yeah. um, it's time to or get off the pot. Mm-hmm. And I don't think at this point, um, I don't think at this point you can say if he didn't have eight sacks or ten oh. sacks. Right. Did you could really say if he's having a bad uh, a bad or good season or not? What you can say is, if people are running the ball on us, then you know it's a direct reflection on him having a good game or not. You yeah, and not to say he's the only guy in the run game, but he is the run stopper, and he should be that immobile force that we need in the middle of the defense. His 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 production may not come out a lot in statistics. It may just come out him just having brute force, brute brute strength mm-hmm. you know i told you guys a lot of guys that I played against and played with casey hampton for instance casey hampton he could rush the passer a little bit but he was more so where they run stop you were running in the middle of our defense you got big saragusa you got guys like ted washington yeah yeah uh pat williams all these guys didn't have a lot of sacks right but you mm-hmm. ask any of their linebackers james ferrier larry foot you go uh, uh ray lewis you go ask those guys what makes their careers a lot more successful than what they, you know, maybe they're after the talent and they'll tell you the guy playing in front of them in the middle and the yep. nose controlling that nose guard. Like uh, if that, you, if Barrett, to your point, if you see Nicobe or you see Morrow, either one of those two guys, you know, playing really well eating, I'm sure it's going to have Nicole, uh, Jordan Davis will have played a big role in that. And those exactly. guys playing well. Exactly. Well, yes, the great spirit, the great period is now over for Jordan. He had that first year. He had that buffer. He had all that pro bowl and all that big money in front of him now. And of course, you know, even though he got injured twice, cost him some valuable time. He wasn't, he wasn't chastised as much because how well they were playing as a team and that defense as well. But now, the onus is directly on him. You were brought here as a space this this phenomenal space eater who runs a four seven forty at three hundred and forty pounds and do all these great things, controlling the line of scrimmage, controlling gaps. So now everybody everybody who's an Eagles fan wants to see that now. You know you right. don't have you yeah. don't have any more leeway, mm-hmm. leeway. You don't have any more excuses, any more buffers. You have to get in there and show it now. You know you learn from two really good ones in Fletcher and Javon. So now it's on you. You know. And we're gonna find out. And I'm not, and if he's still mediocre this year, you can't say he's a bust because he's nope. still only two years in his NFL career. Right. But you've got to show some significant improvement and durability compared to last year because of where you were you were drafted in, in 2022. Yeah. And we also, know it's not fair. It's, it's not, not fair. fair. No, it's not. You got drafted when you got drafted, and you're gonna be called to 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 play at that level. Yes. And it took BG a long time to play at that level. Sure ask, him how, ask, ask how much hey, if BJ is well documented in terms of what he went through mentally and emotionally because the first five years of his career didn't take off. But kudos to the organization. They stuck with him. They did not listen to the public outcry. Why did you draft him this high? He's a bust, yada, yada, yada. He went through all this stuff, deleting people on social media, staying away from social media, staying away from the limelight because of the injuries early in his career and his lack of production. But look at what he's been over the last four or five years for this team. He's, you well, know, now he's a Pied Piper of Philadelphia. Yeah, Absolutely. well, Josh Sweat's another one. It didn't happen Josh overnight Sweat. for Josh Sweat. Right. It takes right. a little bit of time. Yeah. Right. Derek right. Garnett's still in limbo. Right. How about this? How about this? A guy, this guy had 18 and a half sacks last year. Hassan Reddick. Yes. yes. His yes. first three years in the league, he was a bust. 
They mm-hmm. said he was a bust. Mm-hmm. It went to the last three years that he really put in position position where he's become right. a very, very, very good uh, player. Great point. Great point with there with Red. What you know how you know how we are, Phil. I know, and, know? and each year we get less and less patient. Each year, you know, right. you go you go yeah. back to when BG's career started. Yeah, Philadelphia was always tough, but there was more patience then than there is now in our society. So right. it's a different world. Um, Cam Jurgens, you know, Cam Jurgens when we got to see him in the preseason was killing people. You know, yeah. was was blowing stuff up. Now, good news is Kelsey stayed healthy, and we didn't see him. Okay, I think we'll all take that trade off. We Absolutely. may see him, you know, we may see him this year as the guard, you know, or mm-hmm. or it'll be one more apprenticeship year, uh, or mm-hmm. he's great depth in case uh, you somebody know, goes down. That's been a lot been said about that man, you know, and, I, and we're gonna have to we're gonna have to make a a whole different segment for that, you know, uh, you know, in the direction this draft is going, what people are talking about, and what I feel as though this draft is going to be. We'll get into a lot of that, but you're right, man. The last two years. And you look at the draft that Howie has had. You talk about the Pied Piper of, of, of Philadelphia. You can't get any better. You can't you can't get any better as far as a a guy that you know the city loves than Howie Roseman right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I think in order of popularity right now, it goes Jalen Hurts. Then it goes Howie Roseman in that organization. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then you get down to the other people, you know what I'm saying, like the head coach and all that stuff. But you can't, you can't, you can't put anybody higher as far as where the, you know, the public outcry of praise is coming from mm-hmm. than Jalen Hurts and Howie Roseman. Agreed. A perfect examples. I mean, like, honest to God, you look it up in the dictionary or the SARS. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Um, Nicobe Dean. Now, again, fits the bill what we're talking about. Did play some garbage time. To his credit, uh, played special teams uh, as best he could. I'm sure it's not something he was asked to do a ton of at Georgia, but he did. Um, he's a guy who will be starting this year. So he's another one. Like, okay, you had your year. That's good. You had your year to learn. But now it's time for you to get out there. Yep. And let's find out. Let's find out what you got, big boy. And I know, Barrett, you, you're you bullish on both of the Georgia kids. Yes, most definitely. I think they're both going to be okay, man. I think they're both going to be in a position where uh, they'll be starting and they're going to give us some pretty good production. I, I, Nicole Dean, I don't think size will be an issue for him. I think he's thick enough and strong enough to play in the middle. I think he's quick and fast enough to be an impact in the middle of the defense. Um, I just don't know what the defense is going to be yet. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, that's where I really think the patience comes into this thing. Right. In right. all seriousness, like right. you have a new defensive coordinator, you have new coaches on that side of the ball. You've lost, you know, quality players. You've added new guys. who so are going to take a minute to get adapted to this thing. It's not going to look, we got spoiled a little bit last year. It's not going to look like it looked in the beginning of last year. This right. is where this is the biggest area of just uh, if the offense looks bad. You have every right to go complain. Exactly. The defense is going to look a little bit different. It's going to take a, it's going to take a little while, and it may not even ever get to the point it looked like last year. Well, there it is, man. Yeah, there it is. I mean, how are they going to um, how are they going to go forward and play this defense? And how I mean, will they be able to adjust to the difference in the way the side called it and the way Gannon called it? There yeah. are going to be little bitty things that you know that are not going to be. Um, alike, 
There might be terminology that have to totally change. Uh, the system may totally, they, they may, it may be backwards than a uh, backwards to them as far as philosophy on what they're going to be coached. You know, Coach Rocker may have the defensive line two gapping mm-hmm. instead of one gapping or one gapping instead of two gapping. You just don't know. I know Gannon liked a lot of two gap stuff. You know, said two gap meaning the defensive lineman punches the guy in front of him, the offensive lineman in front of him, and yeah. reads both sides. Yeah. The side might say, all right, get up the field. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? You just get this gap, this gap, get up the field and go. You don't know what um, what they're going to be asked to do. And there lies the problem. You know what I'm saying? Since you don't know, you you may have to learn altogether different um, different set of rules than you're accustomed to. Mm-hmm. When it comes to Kobe Dean, my biggest – I'm anxious to see – Will Desai use them on the inside or the outside? Or will it be a combination of the two? He may float them around. You know, I don't know. He may use them like a Michael Parsons. You don't know. Yeah, he um, might not be the Mike linebacker. Exactly. You know, uh, because we don't know exactly what Desai is going to run yet. And we probably won't know, even in training camp or preseason games, exactly what he wants to run. But we should have an idea of where Nicobe Dean is going to line up. Is he a stationary piece or is he a piece that moves around a chessboard depending on down and distance? I think he has the physical attributes to do either or. You know, it's just a matter of waiting and seeing what the side thinks is best fit for him at that particular mm-hmm. exactly. time. Yeah, exactly. All right, so that that's – look, the gist of last year's draft are those three guys. There's also Kyron Johnson. There's Grant Calcaterra, who both, you know, we saw a little – and then I, I do need to throw this one in there. Undrafted free agent it was Reed Blankenship, who probably contributed more than any of the guys that we're talking about here. So mm-hmm. they also that sh- they should be credited with signing him, uh, even though he wasn't a draft pick. So you know, it's a lot of sort of wait and see with last year. I guess is the point. Um, if you move on to the next year, to the previous year, twenty twenty one, yeah, this is. Pretty strong. You're coming out of the shoe pretty strong. Devontae Smith. Mm-hmm. Then you go Landon Dickerson. Strong, strong. Yep. Milton Williams, you know, has, has been a nice contributor for a third-round pick so far. Well, he'll get more time this year. You know, then, depending on how you look at it, Zach McPherson, eh. Kenny Gainwell, for a fifth-rounder, it's a really good choice. And then Marlon uh, Tui Pelotu. That's a good draft, man. That is really good. Yeah, all those guys contributed no in, 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 in one time or another. They've all contributed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, you know they draft they drafted nine players uh, in twenty in twenty one. They kept eight. You know you're always talking about how a team's trying to get younger. To keep eight out of nine draft picks that particular year for depth and growth, you know that they're they're in a strong position in terms of trying to get much younger while staying competitive at the same time. You know, they, they've got a, a crew of frontline guys uh, that are going to get the bulk of the snaps. But like you guys said, sporadically, the first four names, first three names, or four of the four of the first five names that Rob mentioned have contributed significantly. And we're okay with where they are in terms yeah. of their development. You know, and you, you go past uh, Tui Pelotu, you know, you got Teron Jackson uh, and Patrick Johnson, who are still here as well. They yep. play sporadically in, in special teams and other places. You know, we don't know what they bring to the table yet. We don't know if this is their year or not to to increase their – but the only one who didn't make it was Jacoby Stevens. You know, he's the only yeah. one who's not here. 
you're not. So that was a pretty good draft in terms of depth and production from a young group of players. Yeah. Yep. No question. All right. So that's 21. 20 is, is wild uh, swings and misses and home runs. So you go Rager first. We know what that was. Second pick is Jalen Hurts. Third pick is Davion Taylor. Fourth pick is Kayvon Watson. Then you go John Hightower. Then you go Sean Bradley. Then you go Quez Watkins. So you can pick and choose there. Obviously, the Hurts supersedes everything. You get him in the second round. Rager's a raging bust. But at least here's where I'll give him credit. They didn't waste more than two years on him, and they moved on. They admitted yeah, the mistake, no, quick, no. right? Which a lot of organizations don't do. Uh, Taylor, we just chronicled, you know, whatever his going still on out. there. Yeah. No, they yeah. cut him. No, they they originally cut him. Nobody yeah. wanted him, so they brought him back. Correct. Right. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Kayvon Wallace is a guy I really thought was going to be a steal in the fourth round. And, I thought um, he was too, man. Him coming right. from Clemson, you know, what Clemson, saying? yeah. I just thought he was going to come in and, you know what I'm saying? But, I mean, I didn't have the expectation because he's from Clemson. He's going to be the next B. Dawkins. But I did think he was going to contribute more than he has. And I will say this. Towards the end of the season when they needed him, he was there. And he played He played pretty good for him also. Mm-hmm. He played good for him. I, Rod, I know you don't. <laughs> I don't. See him, I, uh... he, he did. Actually, when you watch film on him, I watch tape on him. Yeah, when they were running big nickel, he played well, man. In fact, he was covering tight ends and doing a really good job for him. Yeah. He did, he did play, man. You got, I got to give him his due, his just due. When he did something right, I got to give him his just due. He okay. did ball out when they asked him to. All right, well, fair you, you you left out Jack Driscoll in a draft. You turned out to be a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, yeah he's been cool. a nice piece for them. He yeah. has. He's been a yeah. nice piece for them. You yeah. need guys like that. Not yeah, everybody's a, a superstar. You need no. depth players. Yeah, absolutely. He played guard. He played tackle. He struggled a little bit at tackle. Mm-hmm. But then again, when you're playing behind Elaine Johnson, what do you expect? You know, you can't well, be perfect the, all the time. It's a high bar. Exactly. Well, yeah. it, it's not necessarily a high bar. It's just they didn't want to change the offense because they because the tackles are so good, they don't run a conventional offense like everybody else. Like, they don't call protections to help their tackles. They call protection to help the interior three. Mm. So when you're asking, you know, you're telling tackles, all right, you got the end, block the end. Everything else we'll take care of. That means you're one-on-one every single play. And where do the best pass rushers come from? The edge. The mm-hmm. edge. So you're asking him to go one-on-one against a guy That's that right. Lane Johnson is supposed to be blocking, not him. Right. Yep. So you're not going to slide the offense to him a little bit? They didn't mm-hmm. slide the offense to him at all. They didn't send a chipper to him at all. And when they call their offense and when they're passing, they send all five receivers out. They leave nobody in. There's nobody mm-hmm. in the help block. Mm-hmm. They send them all out and leave these guys one-on-one. So I understand Jack Driscoll and, and, and you know, how he struggled. He struggled because they did not change the offense. They trusted him enough that he would get the job done. He, they, they were able to get to the playoffs in spite of them. Yeah, I, I look, I, and I, I think we're rough on backups. So if we're expecting the backups to be anywhere near Lane Johnson and Jordan Mylotta, I mean, come on. I mean, they all went to Statlin University, so they should, they should grade out high. They went to Statlin University. Yeah, I hear you. Um, <laughs> so, uh, 
you move ahead now to the 19 draft. This is an interesting one. It's it's for the most part, it's bad. Okay, there there's there's not much here, but um, there was one I think. So Andre Dillard was the was the first round pick. Uh, it just never worked out here for whatever reason. He's gone. Miles Sanders was a fine second round pick. That's a good pick. Mm-hmm. He, he had a good career as an Eagle. Uh, Ortega Whiteside is is the third pick. Sharif Umbrella Miller was, Man. Yeah, <laughs> Sharif oh, Miller. I yeah. remember, bruh. We were standing out there in the field. It was it was me and D Gun when the when the first umbrella came out. It just so happened that we were oh. interviewing him when the umbrella came, and it just so happened. It, and it wasn't like D Gun, you know, he didn't hold his tongue or anything. She brought the his mom brought the umbrella up and, and put it over him, and D Gun did like this. <laughs> what is this? He asked the lady straight out, "What is this?" Oh. Oh, I'm just, I'm just oh, oh. See, he, he, he did just like, of, of course you're making this hard on him, right? This is going to be real hard when he gets in the locker room, when they see mom's holding the umbrella for his son. His, yeah. it, he's really going to. Um, hey, you, you know, I can't, I can't pull punches. You know that. <laughs> I couldn't let that one go. That was a bad sign. He told his mom flat out. He told his mom flat out. You're not doing a, a, a good service. Any, yeah, any, any service. You can. In, in all my years of covering football, I have never seen that happen before or since. That the mom walks out on the field in the middle of an interview and puts an umbrella up over her son. I had never seen anything like that. That's why I said, what is this? Right, that's what he said. I said, what is, what is That's what I said. Huh? Oh my God. That's exactly what I said. I said uh, what is huh? this? You know why? Because... Because well, the biggest reason was because you know when your cameraman when your cameraman set the light for a shoot, especially in the sun, they set the camera light a certain way. They don't want to shoot into the sun. They always want the subject to have his back um, his back to the sun, and, and and you put that umbrella up, it messes up the lighting. So I'm like, so I said, I, and I didn't do it like disrespectfully. I just said, what is this? You know, and his mom goes, well. You know, I said, you realize you realize you're making it that much harder on him when he gets in that locker room. Uh, <laughs> and she just laughed. But I'm like, yeah. if I was my, if I was him, I'd be like, Mom, Mom, can you please, Mom, can you please just wait until after I'm done? Hey Trish, would you have done that to your son? Yeah, she goes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I'm like, See, you, you know she would. I'd have been Absolutely. out there, Trish. Put that umbrella down right now. Put it down. Put that umbrella down. But why? He's hot and tired. He'll shower when he gets to the locker room. Put the umbrella down, please. You may, you're killing him. You're killing him right now. Uh, it's, it sounds like my wife. So we'll watch a game, and, and like the Eagles will beat the, the, yeah, the Cowboys or something, right? And the game will end. They'll show a cutaway of Mike McCarthy, you know, upset. Oh, I feel bad for him. And I'm like, no. Do you understand what this is? You want him to feel bad. This is good. Right. What are we doing? What are we doing? Let me, my, let me tell you what my wife my, my wife would do. Now, my girls played field hockey and softball in high school, and my son played, you know, football and baseball in high school. My wife would go out with fresh-baked cookies to practice sessions all the time. I'm like, what, what are you doing? And sometimes she'd bring them on game day. She was known as the cookie mom. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing here? I mean, she would make these big, you know, Barrett, you know, I, we don't, we've been over this, Barrett. You know how our chocolate chip cookies are. Man, if you kids have chocolate dripping down their hands and stuff, man, I think, I'm like, what are you doing? I've never seen anything like this. What are you doing? 
I'd be like, I'm, I'm, I'm calling Trish to see really how many she's. I know she did just send me no two. Yeah, I can't believe I can't believe you did that, man. I, can, <laughs> I believe you did that. I know she did just send me two. Those, it was more Derek, that, those cookies didn't make it past the Delaware state line with with Derek sitting look, in the front seat. It was look, over. She, she would. Ask, she By the time ask you got me. to the airport, you were lucky there was crumbs. <laughs> right. Hey, she would ask me, "Did you take the cookies to your office?" I look her dead straight in the face. Yes. She didn't ask me, did all of the cookies make it to the office? She said, exactly. did you take the cookies to the office? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they would start out like 12 or 13. By the time they got to the office, it might be five or six. Oh, right. Ah! And a 45-minute drive, you get bored, man. What do you want from me? That's true. It's a long <laughs> ride. It's a long ride. All right, let's uh let's get to 18 because this is a really good draft. All right. Okay. Uh they didn't have a first rounder. But their first pick that year was Dallas Goddard. Yes. Uh, their next pick that year was Avante, Avante Maddox. Josh Sweat also went in the fourth round. Uh, you know, Matt Pryor, for whatever he is, is an NFL player. And yep. then the biggest is the steal of all steals, seventh round, Jordan Mailata. That is a killer. That's a ki- 18 is is a masterpiece. Do, do you do you remember how much we all snickered when they announced that the Eagles have selected in the seventh round Jordan Malata? We started doing research. Rugby player. Uh-huh. They right. wasted a pick on a rugby player. Didn't know how to put his really? pads on. Well, I, I yeah. was telling you guys, it took me 20 years to 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 try to get good at the offensive line position because there's so many little idiosyncrasies that you have to learn as far as balance, push, pull understanding angles and all that type of things. And Stalin University, man, he put him on, he, he put him in a GED program. <laughs> he, he learned it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He, he bypassed high school and college, got him yeah. a GED, and ended up uh, being valedictorian of the, of the class <laughs> of that wild. entire draft. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah. So when you, look at, when you look at the Eagles' last five drafts, they drafted a total of 34 players. 23 of those players are still here. Wow. That's how you build this team. That's almost 68% of your drafts over the last five years is still here. Now, the jury is still out on a number. They've got a number of hits, you know, a number of good, solid hits, but a lot. And this jury still out on a number of those players. But the bottom line is that's how you, you build this thing through the youth movement. Mm-hmm. And I think Howie has done it better in terms of go get me some already proven players and let these kids keep developing on these rookie contracts until we have to make a decision about them. You know, Avanti Maddox got a new contract. Jordan Malata got a new contract. Dallas got a new contract. Sweat got a new contract. So they got, they had their chance to slowly grow and look at where they are now as professional football players. That 18 draft was impeccable. I'll say, you know, even Matt Pryor, Matt Pryor was serviceable for the time he was here. Yeah, he was you fine. Know? So that, that was fine. And then they hit the bottom of the barrel. They went from highs of highs to the lows of lows in 19. Yep. None of those players are still here, unfortunately. Dillard right. never panned out. Dillard's problem was more mental than physical. Yeah. And he just never yeah. panned out, and he just got tired of waiting on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miles Sanders gave him everything he had. Then son had a phenomenal year, parlayed that into a decent contract now in well, Carolina. So I don't think they – I don't think Dillard – I know he, he mentally – he fell short but i don't think that it, it was the fact that he, he he wasn't a good player he was good enough to start like he's gonna play phenomenally at, a, at with the titans 
He just got beat out by superior guys. Yeah, he did. Jordan Malata was just a better player. Lane Johnson was just a better player. There's no way he was going to jump past those guys. There's no way he was going to jump past Landon Dickerson at the guard position. Right. So he mainly left because he just didn't have it. Uh, he just wasn't good enough to, to beat those guys out. Yep. He was good, but he wasn't good enough to beat those guys out. Yeah, Barry, right. but remember now, when other guys got injured, they were still going. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And we kept saying, why is he on the sideline? He's healthy on the sideline. Why is he not playing? So that told you what the organization thought of him. At, well, that at least point. one person told me what one person thought of. Well, one person told me what he thought there of. You go. I'm like, wow. There you go. Yeah. See? <laughs> so he was ne- he was never mentally even keeled his during his tenure here. All right, let's hit it. Uh, we're going to come back. Ian Cummings, uh, PFN 365 draft analyst. Looking forward to talking to him, see what he thinks uh, the birds may end up doing with 10 and 30. And we just run the gamut with him, man. I'm, I'm really excited. Look at a lot of his stuff today. Can't wait to hit him. Uh, with all kinds of questions. We'll do that when we come back. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances is a scary, tricky, challenging proposition. That's for sure. I can tell you from personal experience that someone I trust with my finances is Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business and you need help getting your employee benefits off the ground, That's yet another resource that Jim can help you with. I know personally, I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You can email him as well. Murray.jim at principal.com. That's Murray.jim at principal.com. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Field of Life. First Trust Bank is there for you. 
Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. We're back. Yes, we are. Sports State, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis hanging with you. Excited to have uh, our next guest on. First time. First time on the program. He is Ian Cummings. You could follow him on Twitter at capital IC underscore draft. He is an NFL draft analyst for PFN 365. Ian, welcome to the show, man. It's good to have you on. Yeah, it's good to be here, man. A week yeah, what's going on? Draft. What's going yeah, on, what's man? up, man? Uh, Ian, you got to be like us, right? I mean... Uh, you're just pouring through film and everything else. And, and you probably can't wait for this week to, to get here. I'm, I'm because we're, we're, we're talked out. There's nothing else we could discuss at this point, man. For real. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the entire cycle is spent, you know, kind of going through all the different possibilities and then the draft comes along and something that you didn't expect ends up happening. So it's just the way it is, man. But actually most of the work is already done at this point. You know, you want to do the groundwork in advance so that you can start thinking about the different possibilities, but it's mm-hmm. fun, man. It's been a grind, but Hey, what we sign up for so it's the best time of year amen mm. amen all right well let's start uh the eagles sit there 10 and 30 and we know howie roseman's aggressive that much we know so a, a trade is certainly very much in play but let's just say it, it sort of goes as we think the board might go and there's not that guy that falls which you know maybe Jalen carter maybe somebody like that what do you think a good pick for the eagles would be at 10 or and or getting ahead of howie roseman what do you think he may do at 10 yeah, you know, it's it's a tough call because it really does, like you said, it depends on how the board falls, right? I, defensive line is the first one that comes to mind for me with the Eagles. They have a lot of guys up in contract years next year. You know, they have a need to for young talent, and that's where the value of the board stacks up for them. I know Lucas Van Ness from Iowa is a potential pick there, maybe Miles Murphy from Clemson. But there's value later on, too, you know, at the pick, at pick 30 or if they wanted to trade down. I know they have a gap between their 94th pick. They don't have a, another pick until out of the top 200, right? So a lot of the value in this class as well is kind of in that 100 to 200 range so if you want to stack up the depth there maybe a trade down is possible but I think it depends on who's there Lucas Van Ness would be a great pick from Iowa he's around 6'5 272 34 inch arms insane athlete very good power capacity but he's very good at acquiring leverage for his frame too Murphy would be a good pick 6'5 269 ran a 451 40 yard dashes pro day so another insane athlete who's got very you know hyperactive athleticism for his size very good foot speed um, those guys are the ones that stand out to me. You want powerful guys who have the traits to mold in the years to come when your veterans are going to be off down the line, you know. But I think at number 32, the value is there. Adetomiwa Adebaware from Northwestern is one guy who I know has been comp to Brandon Graham a little bit, six foot two, 282, near 34 in charms, running a 449. So another crazy athlete. Defensive line, I think, is where you have to focus on. If Van Ness is there at 10, if Miles Murphy is there at 10, those are phenomenal picks for you. If they're not there, 
maybe you trade down a little bit, get some value and target a guy at number 30. But I think the bottom line is if you are the Eagles, you have options and that's a great thing for you. Hey, hey Ian, when you look at all the names that have been consistently associated with the top 10 in the draft this year, who's the one player that you think might fall out of that top 10, you know, depending because as we know, after the first two picks, Nothing will make sense when it comes to the draft. Everything is like wow factor after that, whether it's trade, team taking a player you didn't even think they were going to take. Who do you think is one of the, the top names that could somehow slip out of that top 10? Yeah, again, it's it's tough, man. And I hate, you know, as a draft analyst, I always get caught sitting on the fence, right? Because you never know what's going to happen. It's it's a tough habit to break, but it, it, that's just the nature of the business. But I would say, you know, the offensive tackle group, I'm curious to see who goes mm-hmm. first out of that group. Paris Johnson Jr. is often mocked as the first tackle. Six yep. foot six, three thirteen pounds, 36 inch arms. He's got the highest ceiling in this class, in my opinion. But I do think there's no consensus OT1. So some teams might have a different opinion. You, you look at the Bears at number nine, they have a needed natural right tackle. So maybe mm-hmm. they want Darnell Wright from Tennessee. And then Paris Johnson falls. Christian Gonzalez is another one who could fall maybe just by virtue of the board. He's my CB1. He's a top 10 prospect for me. But if he does fall, you know, it could just be a nature of positional value. We know there's four quarterbacks up there, a lot of intriguing defensive line prospects, too. So those are the ones that come to mind for me. I think those positions in particular where there's no consensus, number one, maybe one of the guys that has more hype in the media falls and becomes a value deal for a team. Mm. I, I'm I'm huge with, you know, the Eagles going in the trenches, whether it be defensive line, offensive line. You know, in my pick, I'll probably go Nolan Smith just because you have that type of athlete on the side with Hassan Reddick. But this city is – seems to be split in half in the love affair for Bijan Robinson, the running back. You know, is, is there any chance you think that I'm, I'm thinking he's not even going to make it to the 10th pick. I'm thinking he's going to get drafted before then, but even if he is the Eagles picking him at, at number, number 10, do you see any value in the Eagles doing that? It's tough, man, because he is as good as advertised. That's the tough mm-hmm. part with the running back position. Running backs, you know, are naturally more dependent on what's happening in front of them. That said, Bijan is a top five prospect, regardless of positional value. Like if we're not accounting for positional value, which you are going to if you're in the NFL draft, if you're a general manager, it's going to be something to take into account. But, you know, taking it out of the equation, Bijan is up there in that blue chip range. He is a phenomenal running back prospect. 5'11", 215, he's got workhorse size, but then he's got the short area, change of direction, the lateral agility, the bend of a scat back, right? And then he's a phenomenal receiver back. Great balance. Yeah, great balance, uncanny creative instincts in short spaces. So, I mean, the hype is legit with this guy. It's not hyperbole. He is that good. The question with the Eagles is, are you willing to take that luxury? Because the Eagles were just in the Super Bowl, but as you mentioned, they do have a lot of upcoming needs in the trenches, and you do not want to neglect the trenches. That's an area that you want to stay investing in, and especially with Jordan Davis, right? You want to make that investment count, so get guys who can play off of him, right? So I wouldn't neglect it. Me, if I'm the Eagles GM, I'm leaning away from running back, especially when, you know, as much as I love Bijan, this running back class is very, very deep. You could get a guy on day two, maybe even early day three, who could be a contributor. And you did sign Rashad Penny. Now he's struggled to stay healthy, but you know, on a buy low deal, maybe that could provide value for you. Mm. So I usually lean away. I, I lean toward the positional value, especially when you have so many needs on the defensive line coming up. But you know, you can't rule out Bijan because he just he is so good and he can be a dynamic weapon, especially alongside Jalen Hurts. Seeing him and Hurts in the same backfield, Oof. that would be a scary sight. Let me, let me ask you, do, do you worry, and I heard Brian Baldinger talking about this today, so I'll, I'll give him the props on this, but he brought up two games in particular this past year. I know it's kind of cherry-picking because the other games he was almost th- just dominant, but Alabama and TCU, probably the two best teams that they played, uh, 21 rushes, 57 yards, 2.7 yards per carry against Bama, 12 for 29, 2.4 
against TCU. Does that concern you at all uh, at the next level that against the real heavyweights that he didn't exactly crush? It's something to take into account for sure. You know, yeah. I think anytime, you know, for me, it's a case by case thing with every rep as well. You know, there's some one yard runs where he created, you know, it was going to be a negative three yard run and then he created four yards. Some others, you know, maybe he's dancing around a little too much. So it's something you take case by case. It doesn't concern me too much. The Texas offensive line was never a great blocking unit for him. I think they improved a little bit in 2022, but still really streaky. It was on the, it, the onus was on Robinson a lot to create for himself. Naturally, you know, when you do have that much pressure on you as a playmaker, there's going to be some volatility <laughs> from week to week. But I think overall the production profile is very sound. You know, I, I just look at it, you know, case by case. You know, is he gotcha. creating behind the line when he encounters contact early? And by and large, he is. You know, there are some things that you can clean up, but, you know, very, very solid and much more solid than your average running back. Hey, hey, Ian, give me your perspective on, to, to me, two of the more intriguing quarterback prospects in this draft, Hendon Hooker and Anthony Richardson. You know, we keep seeing them yo-yo up and down these mock draft boards in terms of where they fall. What is your perspective on on who takes a bite on these guys? Yeah, no, I think um, they're a little split for me. I'm a big fan of Richardson and the upside that he has. He's in my, you know, he's in my top QB group. I got CJ Stroud, Richardson, and Bryce Young just clustered together at the top of the board. But so with Richardson, it's just, you know, the upside is truly unmatched. We've never seen a ceiling like this. And again, it sounds like hyperbole, but it's not. Six foot four, 244 pounds. The dude's built yeah. like a tank. He ran a 443, 40 and a half inch vertical. He's got a cannon for a right arm. He can adjust his arm angles too. So he's got that elasticity that you'd like to see. He's only got 13 starts under his belt and he can improve his mechanics, his accuracy for sure. You know, still growing in that respect. But whenever you have a young quarterback who doesn't have a ton of experience, you want to see flashes of growth. You want to see, you know, little hints that shows that he can handle it. Right. You look at the pocket navigation that he showed in 2022. I think that's a very strong trait of his that kind of goes overlooked. He can extend plays in the pocket. He can keep his eyes up and he's shown that he can anticipate over the middle of the field. So combining those things with his natural talent, that's an investment that I'm willing to make in the top 10. Hendon Hooker, a little bit lower on my board. I have an early day three. I would take him late day two for positional value, but 25-year-old rookie, right? And the age alone is not a concern. What concerns me more is the offense that he's coming from. That Tennessee offense was heavily predicated on spacing, you know, stacked alignments and one read throws where he's not really going through progressions, not having to process. You know, there was a lot less on his plate on a down-to-down basis. And when he did need to go through multiple progressions, a lot of times he'll drop his eyes or he'll just – you know, tuck and run, right? And I don't think he has the elite level of tools to compensate for that where I'm saying, you know, hey, you know, I at least want to invest. He's got good tools. Don't get me wrong. He's a good athlete. He's got a good arm, but he's not at that elite level. And being 25 years old as a rookie, I'm a little concerned he might be set in his ways, maybe stagnated from a growth perspective. Maybe what you see is what you get. Whereas with Richardson, he's still got so much more room to, to improve. So that's where I'm at with those guys. Hooker, the first round talk is a little rich for me, but with Richardson, I can't see appeal. Oh, God, Dave. How about Will Levis then? You know, what do you what do you sit him at? Yeah, that's another tough one. I think Levis has more talent than Hooker. You know, I think uh, Hooker's a little bit twitchier as an athlete in the pocket, but I think Levis's arm is legit. You know, it's up there with the top of the class. Uh, he can generate elite levels of velocity, um, and he can adjust his arm angles very well. I mean, not just laterally, but you know, vertically, he's got very very elastic arm. The question with Levis is, you know. Again, 24-year-old rookie, so kind of a similar conversation. He never had a ton of stability at Kentucky, and I think that's one of the differences between him and Hooker. Hooker was in a very quarterback-friendly offense with Josh Heupel. Levis, you know, had some talent leave him. You know, the offensive line wasn't great. And again, you don't want to make constant excuses for the guy. He didn't show the linear growth that he needed to show in 2022, and that's why he's a little bit lower for me. I have that top three at the top. 
Levis is my QB four, but there's a decent gap between them. I would still, you know, be willing and I can see the reasoning for taking him in round one because he does have the talent. I think it's ultimately up to QB, you know, coaches and evaluators to get in a room with him and kind of dissect his mental game and say like, hey, we know that you didn't have the stability necessary to sustain growth. But, you know, what are we working with from a mental perspective? Does he have it? You know, can he grow? Like, that's one thing I look at with Richardson. It seems like he does, you know, looking at the flashes on tape. You don't see as many flashes with Levis. You know, his internal clock can be a little slow. He's not great at processing the middle of the field. His trigger can be late at times. Those things concern me, but the talent is a tier above Hooker. You know, I do think that, you know, his offense kind of put a little more pressure on him, which is why I'm willing to give him a little bit more benefit of the doubt. But, you know, that top three at the top is separated for me. And then after that, the uncertainty compounds a little bit. Mm. And where are you at with uh, Peter Skaratsky? He's another guy that's been rumored to, to be an Eagle, uh, you know, and, and there are some that project him because of the shorter arms to be a guard at the NFL level. Is he worthy of 10 or is that someone if the Eagles traded down for would make more sense? Yeah, I don't think he's quite worthy of 10, in my opinion. Now I can see the reasoning behind it. I would rather trade down or if he's there at 30, which is probably wishful thinking, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, somewhere in the mid to late first, he I've grown on him over the course of the cycle. Uh, 6'4", 315, the arm length is a concern. And I do think I do think he has very good hand usage. And whenever a guy has, you know, less than average arm length, you want to see if they can counteract it with proper hand usage. And he does have good hand usage. I don't think he's quite elite in that category, occasionally his hands will be too wide and he'll let defensive linemen get inside his frame. I don't like, I don't like seeing him do that. I want him to try and stay tighter on a more consistent basis, but he's got phenomenal footwork. I mean, some of the best footwork in the class. He's so good at staying leveraged. He's a phenomenal athlete as well. He's very strong in his core and he's very good at staying square with opponents and, and not giving up leverage. And so those things for me, you know, I do think he has a very, very stable foundation Wherever you want to play him, whether it's at tackle, you know, we let him refine his hands a little bit more. You know, again, he's got very good, not quite elite to the level where I'd say he can consistently counteract it against longer, more athletic NFL defensive linemen. But play him at guard, play him at tackle. I think you're looking at a high floor player with a pretty high ceiling, you know, even in spite of the arm length. Just, you know, there's a little bit too much in the way of, you know, his hands being too wide uh, for me to say that I would take him at 10. But mid to late first round, I can definitely see the feel. Who do you think will be the first cornerback off the board? Because I'm torn between Witherspoon and Gonzalez. I'm torn too, man. I wish yeah. I could make a definitive statement. My yeah. CV one is Gonzalez, and whenever they're that close, I tend to lean toward the physical tools. And Gonzalez has the tools, man. I mean, he's around 6'1", 232 inch arms, ran a four three eight, had a forty one and a half inch vertical. I mean, and this is a guy who came into the season with all of the natural talent, right? Early on against Georgia, especially, he took his lumps a little bit, but over the course of the year, you saw him progress and you saw him add more to his game. Mm-hmm. By the end of the year, man. His technique, his off-man technique, matching guys off the line, the recovery speed to match and, and blanket receivers downhill. And then the the instincts, the anticipation and coverage, the ability to, you know, read the quarterback's eyes and swoop in front of passes and then make the play at the catch point. You know, in my opinion, when you have that talent and when you see him progress like that over the course of a season, that's all I need to see to say, hey, let's keep that trajectory going. Let's keep him trending up, right? So I love Devin Witherspoon, too. I mean, the guy plays with a massive chip on his shoulder. He's so physical. He's so competitive. He's like a gnat in coverage. He gets in your grill and he stays there. Um, but when it's when it's that close, I tend to lean towards the superior physical tools. And Witherspoon is no slouch. He's got good speed. He's got good burst. But Gonzalez is a different animal. He's got all pro potential. When you look at the, um, this draft, there's, I think there's like three – elite level tight ends in this draft guys can come in day one and make a difference that's uh michael mayer from uh from uh Notre Notre Dame. Dame. yep uh darnell washington from georgia then you got uh uh Don kincaid 
from Utah. Uh, where do you see those guys stacking in? Because I see them late in the first, but first rounders, no doubt. Yeah, I could see one or two going in the first round for sure. Tight end is always tricky. Again, positional value, but those guys are very good. Darnell Washington is a little bit lower on my board. I'm a big fan of the blocking ability, and he obviously tested out of this world. For me, I question his upside as a separator. I think yeah. he, he's definitely a very good testing athlete at his size, but he's a little more lumbering on the field. He doesn't sink very well on transitions and direction changes. He doesn't have great foot speed or, or you know, flexibility, right? So I want to see him improve in that phase. And, you know, one of his main functions in the NFL is going to be a red zone threat because the dude has a dominant wingspan and catch radius, right? But even then, you know, he's got great play strength, but he can be a clap catcher at times, clapping on the ball, you know, instead of guiding it in with diamond techniques. So I want to see him improve there as well. I think the idea of Darnell Washington is a little bit better than Darnell Washington right now, but still a guy who's worth early round capital. And again, that the upside is out of this world. With Mayer, you know, I think you're looking at a lower ceiling than Kincaid. Kincaid, for me, is more explosive, more flexible as a route runner. And he's just flat out one of the most reliable catchers in this draft period. I mean, he extends beyond his frame. The ball is his. Good luck in it back. But um, I think Mayer is a little bit younger. He's a better blocker. And he's a more nuanced route runner at this point. Does a little bit job, a little bit better job tempoing his routes, using physicality through stems. So I could see either one of those guys going round one. It might end up being, you know, dependent on the injury concerns. We know Kincaid was battling a back injury, one reason why he didn't test the cycle. And he's also a little bit older. He's going to be a 24-year-old rookie. So when they're that close, those factors might separate them and put Mayer ahead. But either one is worth round one capital, in my opinion. Mm. How about Brian Branch? And, uh, you know, he's a guy who maybe could be a 30 option. Is that a little too high? Should you try to wait that out into the second round? And do you feel like he would be a, a good safety choice for them? Because that's an area the Eagles could use some help. Yeah, I think um, I don't think it would be too high. I think the question is where you envision Branch playing because he played primarily in the nickel at Alabama. He can play in space. He can be a too high guy if you want him to. He can roam in the box. He's very, very physical. Uh, he's a top 15 player on my board. I'm a big fan of what he has to offer. It's just where do you envision him playing? Because we know Avante Maddox takes the slot for the Eagles. You know, if yeah. you Branch was very good in the slot at Alabama. So it's not a, a position that I want to take him out of. You know, it's one of those things where – I do think he can translate in space. He's very explosive. He doesn't have top end speed. He ran a four five eight, I think, and that raised some red flags. But especially at safety, you know, you're not always covering the full field. I don't think you need four four speed if you have explosiveness. And Branch has it. He's very fast closing, um, and he's very physical. Again, instinctive. He can man up guys with his technique and foot speed, but he's also fluid in space, and he can you know channel acceleration through transitions. So I'm a big fan of what he has to offer. It's just a matter of do you think you can take him out of that role that he played primarily at Alabama, put him into a new role? And I think the, the inherent versatility that he has is very valuable, right? So if you value that, that's something you could bring in. If he's there at 30, you know, I just think he's the caliber of player that he is, the value would be incredible. So I would be willing to take it for sure. But it's just a matter of if you do take him, you have to have a vision for him and you have to make sure that it complements your, your players. Do yeah. you think do you think there's a better value for the Eagles to stay at 30 or to try to trade it and get more middle round picks? Because let's face it, a lot of good teams really build their teams through the middle rounds of those drafts. Yeah, that's a great question. I think it, it especially aligns with this draft class because mm -hmm. the blue chip tier is not very big, right? Yep. And then the first round tier is not very big. Only 17 players were invited to the NFL draft, which yep. you know that in and of itself isn't a representation, but it's you know, some source material it tells you, you know, it's a little bit lighter on first round talent. So, you know, I, again, I think it depends on how the board falls. If a player like Adetamiwa Adebowore from Northwestern is there, 
He's a player that I would love for the Eagles. You know, I think the alignment versatility, the upside he provides alongside Jordan Davis, Mm -hmm. very good, right? So, again, it depends on what you do at 10, and it depends on how the board falls at 30. But I do think it is a viable option. You know, and as we mentioned earlier, the Eagles only have six picks. They only have, you know, and after 94, there's a big, big gap in that 100 to 200 range where they could get some very good players, right? So, you know, I think in this class especially, and you can get some future capital too. So, you know, I think it is a viable option for the Eagles. Again, see how the board falls, but it's very possible that you could trade down in round two and still get a guy like Keon Benton, who I'm a big fan of for the Eagles as well, you know, or maybe Zach Pickens on the defensive line. So there is value in that top 100 range. And if you can finesse the board the right way, you can come away on top. Where how do about, you see this? Uh, I'm sorry, where do you see this draft, man? Because to me, I'm not going to lie. I, I think after the top 10 players, I think this is a very average draft at best as far as the talent level that we've seen. You know, this is I, – I it seemed like, the, you know, the past three or four years was unbelievable talented uh, draft. But this, to me, seems a little um, a little off for me for some reason. You know, maybe it's just me or do you see uh, – how do you look at this draft? Yeah, you know, and I'll preface with this. I haven't been I haven't been grading for very long, only a couple of years. So, you know, I need a bigger sample size before I can speak on that accurately. But it does feel like it's a little bit weaker, you know. And one thing that me as a draft analyst I try to stick to is you always want to stay outcome independent, right? It may look weaker on the surface, but we could look back two to three years down the line and there's 10, out, 10 all pros, like a ton of pro right, boards. Right, so, right. you know, you never know what's going to happen. But, yeah, looking on the surface, I would say it's a relatively weaker class. You know, I, I do think – there's a silver lining there, not as much blue chip talent up top, but I think the class is incredibly deep in that, say, 50 to 175 range. You know, I think there are a lot of quality players, players with upside who you can get them late if you get them in the right situation with the right coaching, you can develop them into something. You know, I do think there's upside there, just a little less certainty, fewer yeah. guarantees. And that's like scary. Gibbs, I think Gibbs will be like a struggle. That's I was going to follow up with Gibbs. Yeah. Where are you at with him? And, and give me a couple guys after him. Jameer Gibbs, you said? Yeah. Yeah. He's my RB two. I'm a big fan. He's a top 20 guy for me. Um, I'm a big fan of his profile. I think, you know, whenever you're looking at a guy who's around five, nine, around 200, right. You know, a little undersized, you want to see if they're that versatile catalyst, that, that two phase offense and the offensive side of the ball. And he's definitely that guy. I mean, he's an absolute weapon. Um, his explosiveness is incredible. I mean, he gears up instantly out of transitions, incredibly twitchy fleet footed runner with good vision as a, as a ball carrier, but then you look at his receiving work. I mean, this is a guy who can split out wide as a receiver. He can run routes. He can separate independently and he can make plays beyond his frame. You know, I think this is a guy who's, he, he provides an element for your offense that few do. And I'm a big fan of his, you know, the only reason Bijan is above him is because Bijan is just so complete. You know, he's got that workhorse frame to go along with all that good stuff. But Jameer Gibbs is a dynamic catalyst, you know, a very good player. Um, and he's safely my RB too. You know, it's it's Bijan, then Gibbs, and then a sizable gap. Um, the next guys up, I have Tank Bigsby from Auburn is my RB three. Kendra Miller from TCU, my mm-hmm. RB four. Uh, Tajay Spears from Tulane, my RB five. Those are my. I, I'm a big fan of all those guys. And this RB class in particular too, man. There's guys outside my top ten that I like. You know, like I'll say, oh, he's my RB thirteen. It's like, oh, you don't like him then? No, I like him, man. It's just tough to rank these guys because my guy Deuce from Kansas State. Yeah, exactly, Deuce, man. I, the size is going to be a, a big caveat for him, but man, yeah. you take the size out of the equation, he's a good player. How many elite wide receivers are there in this draft? It doesn't appear like there's a lot of surplus and elite potential receivers compared to recent past years. Yeah, there's no elite re- receivers in my opinion. I think um, the top end talent at this receiver class is a little bit, you know, that's kind of where the this class sees the hit being mm-hmm. taken. But I do think, you know, there are guys with the upside to become elite receiving weapons, right? You know, that's the caveat. You know, there's not any guys that are coming out that are elite, but 
they could develop into that. I have Quentin Johnson and Jackson Smith and Jigba top of my board. Smith and Jigba, the only thing, you know, he's he doesn't have top end speed, right? You know, and that's something that we've known for a while. Right. But I, I think he has the safest profile. Like if you want to come out of this receiver class with a phenomenal contributor, with a guy who's guaranteed to not guaranteed, there's no guarantees, but almost guaranteed to be a quality player for you on offense. He's your guy, you know, around 6'1", 200, you know, phenomenal agility, short area twitch. He can separate on a dime, right? And he's got phenomenal catching instincts, too, with the catch point. Uh, so he's one of those guys who's a very, very reliable separator, very reliable at the catch point, and he's a pretty slippery rack threat, too. You know, he can he can create after the catch. So, you know, I think he's a phenomenal receiver prospect. Is he elite? Not quite. You know, I want to see more of a top gear for mm-hmm. him. And then Quentin Johnston – you know, six foot three, two hundred six, near thirty four inch arms. He's got phenomenal. You know, he's got insane short area agility and flexibility for his size. You don't really see that for bigger receivers, but his hand technique as a pass catcher can improve. He can still refine his route tree a little bit more. So, you know, there's questions with these guys. But mm. again, it'll it kind of aligns with my previous answer to you know the draft class as a whole. There is upside. It's just a matter of honing that upside. Mm. Uh, you worry at all? Just to circle back to the quarterbacks, and this is not an eagle question. It's just general question. Um, I, I, Derek and I were in Barrett as well, but we were talking about this the other day for a minute. We were kind of back and forth and worried about Bryce Young's size. Um, but ultimately you just watch the film and there's just too many plays made to, to pass up on him. Do you worry about that? And do you think he's a lock to go to Carolina first? Yeah. You know, I'll answer the second one real quick first. I, I don't, I'm not sure he's a lock, right. You know, I, I do think it shifted very quickly than the narrative, right. At first it was like maybe CJ Stroud, maybe yep. Richardson, maybe Levis. And now all of a sudden young is almost guaranteed, you know, I, as a draft analyst, again, never say guaranteed. We'll never know. It reminds me a little bit of 2018. You know, sometimes some people thought it was going to be Sam Darnold, maybe Josh Allen. Right. And then all of a sudden the final day, Baker Mayfield ends up being the guy. So, you know, the draft has a way of surprising you. So you always want to stay on your toes. At this point, you know, peer pressure is strong, though. So if you ask me to make a decision, I'd say maybe young. Maybe it's young right now. I don't think we know. But um, I think the S2 cognitive test, all the buzz around that is very valuable, you know, because you look on the tape and you mentioned it, Bryce Young, he's undersized, right? He doesn't have a great arm. I think of the top quarterbacks, he has the weakest arm. But his processing ability, his ability to quickly react and, and kind of convey, survey what's in front of him and diagnose and then kind of act on that as well, create for himself and pull his team out of chaotic situations and stay calm under pressure. I mean, there's no quarterback that has that kind of ability like Bryce Young in this class. I mean, he's so good at staying composed amidst chaotic situations and coming out on top. You know, I think the ability to create, extend plays, evade rushers and keep his eyes downfield, the vision to, you know, make plays happen in those situations. It's something that he has that's not very common. You don't see it very often. So I think the more concerning thing for me, more than the size is the lacking arm talent. I do think he has good arm talent, you know, above average, but it's not at the level where he can force velocity, push push passes into tight windows downfield. But um, I do think he has enough to layer throws. So, you know, I think he has enough. I think he has enough to counteract that and ultimately become a franchise QB. Mm. Good stuff. Good okay. stuff, Ian. Right. Uh, you guys got anything else for Ian before that's we, it, uh, man. we wow. wrap it? Amazing. Right. You, you're very thorough, man. You're very thorough, man. Very yeah, thorough. appreciate the knowledge, man. Uh, and and uh, again, tell everybody uh, you, know, you can follow Ian on Twitter at capital IC underscore draft and, you know, all your work, uh, PFN 365. Anything particular you want to promote, Ian? 
No, man, just uh, just the Twitter handle, PFN365, uh, is Pro Football Network. Yeah, it's going to be a fun week, man. We've got one week left to go. And then uh, keep an eye out for the 2024 cycle. We've got 2024 content coming already. We've got a, wow. a, a big board coming. Yeah, that's going to be a fun class, by the way. Marvin yeah. Harrison Jr. I mean, Caleb oh, Williams yeah. is the headliner. But yeah. Oh, some yeah. of the quarterbacks. You know, yeah, Drake killer. May as well. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of guys upside too. Quinn Ewers, JJ McCarthy, Caleb uh, Williams, Caleb yeah, Williams. If yeah. they can, if they can take the leap, right? So a yeah. lot of talent on the board, and uh, it's going to be exciting. The draft never sleeps, man. We keep going, so it'll be a fun one. But I appreciate you guys having me on. It's a, it's a great time. Always fun talking draft. All right, Ian. Thanks, thanks, man. Thank appreciate you, man. it. Take care. Exactly. That's Ian Cummings, uh, Pro Football three six Pro Football Network three sixty five. Yeah, great stuff, man. That was good. That was fun. I like jumping around a little bit like that. That's for sure. Um, all right, let's keep it rolling because we come back. We'll continue talking NFL. Mark Jackson of NBC Sports Philadelphia is going to join us at 2 o'clock. But when we come back, guys, um, Tom Brady was asked point blank, point blank, if there's any chance he could play for the Dolphins. We'll tell you what he said uh, when we get back, among other things. We're going to rank our NFC quarterbacks as well. But So we've got a lot of stuff to do when we return. So don't go anywhere. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. That's Derek. That's Barrett. I'm Rob. Let's talk right now about ProAction Restoration. ProAction Restoration is the place that you reach out to if your home, your business, a property you may own, goes through the pain and inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage. You name it. We now trying that can be. ProAction Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. I can tell you that personally because I reached out to them on a Saturday at my parents' house and they got right out there and it couldn't have been a better experience. The crew was professional. They cleaned it up. The price was reasonable. You name it, all the boxes were checked. They are licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction Restoration will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So, Again, water, fire, smoke, mold damage, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call. And if you're not really sure, they're there for a consultation. 610-623-3760. 610-623-3760. Or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Back, we are Sports State, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Great to be hanging out with you, Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis with you on this Thursday. Again, Mark Jackson coming up uh, in a little bit, about 25 minutes. Um, all right, so I, I thought this was interesting. So Tom Brady, um, just when you thought we had, we'd heard the last of him, um, Tom Brady uh, was attending um, – he was a Thursday. He was at what's called uh, speaking at the Emerge Americas uh, at the Miami Beach Convention Center. And he was asked a simple and direct question. Is there any chance you're coming out of retirement and playing for the Finns? Here was his answer. Quote, I will say now that I'm not affiliated with any team anymore. Even though I have strong ties with a couple of teams, I do have some friends on the Dolphins that I really like. So I wouldn't say I necessarily root for them all the time, but I root for my friends to do well, and several of them play for Miami. Okay, was there anywhere near an answer that I'm just retired and I'm not playing for anybody ever again? No, no. Okay. No, not at all. Um, in fact, that's that's pretty daggone close to don't count me out. Yep. If you ask me. Yep. Yep. This feels like it could go a couple different ways, guys. And – I I really hope that Tua stays healthy. What what will happen last year was scary, but I feel like he gets an early concussion this year or two or whatever, and then all of a sudden they're on the bat phone to Brady, and he's coming back this year, yep. and or he sits this year out. He realizes I can't take this uh you know carton of kids to school routine, and he goes back and plays again. As crazy as it sounds, would you say no to forty five year old Tom Brady? <laughs> Think about that. Forty-five-year-old Tom Brady. Would you say no to him? No. I mean, if he has weapons in an offensive line, like I don't think he just all go. of a sudden stunk last year. I think he just no. didn't have the pieces last year. Miami would be a similar situation to what he went through in Tampa his first year. That team was loaded. All they needed was a quarterback. Miami right now is loaded. All they need is a certain level quarterback to get them over the hump. And Tom Brady at 45 still has the arm strength. And down in Miami, they have the weapons on top of weapons and a pretty good defense to get him over to get that team over the hump. I'd say, Tom, what do you need to come here? You know, you already have a home in Florida. What else do you need to come here? Yep. All I want to know. It feels that way to me. And and this that to me, that that non-answer that he gave, you know, speaks volumes. You know, sometimes not saying anything speaks volumes. And that that spoke volumes to me uh, with Brady. That's for sure. Um, 
the uh, as I mentioned, you know, coming up in about a little over half hour, uh, you will have Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni speaking. So we'll pass along anything that they uh, they may say. Um, the Lions GM was asked specifically about Jalen Carter, which, you know, could very well, he could very well end up being a lion. Um, and Brad Holmes is his name. He didn't really give a, a much of an answer uh, on him. He said he came in, he did a nice job again. Uh, it's always case by case. He came in, we enjoyed his visit with him. He did a nice job. I'll, I'll say even after he left his visit, I felt better about him. Mm. Eh, eh. I don't know if there's much there uh, to glean from that, but <laughs> I don't know. That wasn't praising exactly. Right, Maybe I'm right, parsing right. too many words there, but uh, it is what it is mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to that. That's going to be the big question with Jalen Carter is just the the off the field stuff. That much we know. Um, I keep telling you that's not an issue. It won't be an issue. Yeah. I don't think any GM at this point, when you watch the tape, can not draft him. He, he will not make it to pick 10. He's yeah. not going to drop anywhere near where everybody – he's going to be right around that four, five, six range that he's been in the entire time. Yeah, we we they would – the Eagles would have to get up, right? I mean, there is yes. no doubt they'd have to get up. No question. Yeah. Uh, this is from the no kidding, wow, what a big surprise, sarcasm category. Non-contact injuries for players occurred at a higher rate on artificial turf compared to grass. Jeez. During the 2022 regular season. Jeez. Yes, according to data released this week by the NFL Players Association. The gap actually rose uh, one year after the league moved to neutralize the debate about the two types of playing surfaces based on 2021 numbers. But, yeah, the numbers are up, and it's it's non-contact stuff. Uh, according to the NFLPA, in, in short, last year the gap, much like the NFL's credibility with players uh, on the issue, was as wide as it's ever been. That's according to uh, J.C. Treader, uh, who was the union president. Uh, he said in 2021 uh, was an outlier. Now, 10 of the previous 11 years now, the same exact thing. Grass is significantly safer than the turf. No, duh. Players have been pushing for grass for a long time, and the owners just keep listening to deaf ears. They keep pushing these synthetic fields, all these variations, all these new turfs, and the league comes out and tells you every year, non-contact injuries as well as concussions and other type injuries, the numbers are down. Somebody's lying somewhere. Yeah. Now, the NFLPA says one thing. The league office says another thing. The league office narrative is we have deals in place with these people. We have to keep pushing this stuff. Mm-hmm. You're putting these players at more risk. The dudes that play in the field keep telling you, please get us some natural <clears throat> grass. Stop all this synthetic stuff. Yeah. All these variations and stuff. It doesn't work. It's not conducive to our ankles and knees and hips and stuff. Why do you keep pushing this stuff? Well, I'm going to tell you why. Because it's cheaper to put in a synthetic yeah. field. You don't have to water and all that stuff. A grounds crew, you can eliminate yeah. that. It's, it's easy to do it that way. I mean, it's, it's – and plus, you know, when you have these stadiums with two teams in, like, New York, you know, that, I mean, it's easy to just flip those turf yes. end zones instead of that. You know, so, I mean, this it costs more to water a field, fertilize a field, cut the field, every day and have a full-time crew on it than it excuse me than it does with turf when all you have to do is just um brush a couple of you know a couple more of those uh those rubber beads and then you're fine yeah yep yeah that that is a major issue and and in fact there was an instance last year uh that really has the nflp uh, nflpa angry um 
there was a game in Carolina. They hosted a game on week six in week 16 last season after the artificial turf at Bank of America Stadium failed the league's standard pregame test. And the league informed the NFLPA that the field reached acceptable conditions late in the first half. <laughs> like, oh, what is happening here, man? Uh, the rate for non-contact lower extremity injuries on artificial turf grew 0.048 per 100. The corresponding rate on grass was 0.035. So, yeah, you know, obviously, you know, we're talking about percentages and that kind of stuff, but that's uh, – yeah, I feel like we've been having this discussion since the 80s when, when you had places like the Vet and, you know, some of these other multi-purpose stadiums. Well, I, I will say the Vet was a bit much. I, I told you, I was playing. We were playing a Monday night. I think it was a Monday night game against the 49ers. And Rodney P. dropped back. And when he dropped back, um, I'm in the middle of the play. I'm blocking, I know I'm, I'm blocking Tim Harris. All of a sudden, Tim Harris stopped um, rushing because I heard a pow. It was like, wow, like, what the hell was that? So I'm still blocking. He's in there, and, and the T stops and looks down. And then he starts rushing again, trying to do and he went to go get the ball. Rodney Peter dropped back, and his Achilles popped. Oh, and I heard it. Oh, it popped. He dropped the ball, and the fans were pissed off. He dropped the ball. Oh. His Achilles popped. It sounded like a shotgun. Pow. Man, I've never heard anything like that. Oh. Bro, it was it was I, I couldn't believe it. And there he is laying on the ground, and the ball's laying on the ground, and it, it, it was <laughs> the fans started booing. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, man. That's well, didn't Michael Irvin blow out his who's the receiver that blew out his knees in the Wendell bed? Davis, I think it was Wendell his name. Da- okay. Wendell blew Davis. out both both ACLs on one play. Oh, on a one play. One- Play all that vet, bro. Yeah, yep. it was yeah. like the it was it was like playing on concrete. Like we wore, we literally wore basketball shoes on it. So worst surface I've ever stood on. If you try to if you try to go out there and play with cleats on or or, or the um, the turf cleats, oh, you're guaranteed to rip your knee out. You were guaranteed to rip your knee out. It's oh. so all the money that league has. And making you guys play on that crap, it's just – it's inexcusable. And it's still going on to this day. It's not to the extreme the event was. I get it. But it's still not good enough. It's not acceptable, man. That's terrible. That's I mean, terrible. Look, at that, look at that mess they put on the field for the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Right. Which the league totally denied and shoved under the rug. Yes. Completely. No look accountability at all. Look George Toma went slipped. nuts. No, yes. Nobody even addressed it. Yeah. Nope. Look at how many players slipped and sl- slided across that field. Could have torn a knee, ankle, anything. You had players well, slipping all over the place like ice capades. I mean, it, it really, it really was a decided advantage for um, Kansas City's um, Kansas City's offense because our defense couldn't heat it up because they couldn't get around the corner. Yep. Yeah. It yeah. was a decided advantage. We lost. I mean, there's you know, there's no other way to say it. I mean, we lost, but it uh. It definitely shed a light on some stuff. You know, no what I'm question. Uh, let me give you some the the coaching uh, moves. Uh, a couple of uh, some assistant coaches for the Eagles that they've made official here. Uh, DK McDonald becomes the defensive backs coach. Uh, Kevin Petullo is the pass game coordinator, associate head coach. Uh, Tyler Scudder is the assistant linebackers coach. Mike D'Angelo is the defensive quality control coach. 
Taver Johnson is the assistant defensive backs coach. Ronell Williams is the Nichols coach. And Tyler Nichols. Yelk. Nichols. Uh, Tyler Yelk is the assistant to the head coach. So that's when, uh, that's did, we, when did we evolve to the point where teams have 25, 30 coaches? When did this happen? And why? Take a look at an NBA game. You you have you don't have enough but seats on the bench. There's guys lined up behind them. Oh. The entire row. Well, you know why? Most NBA teams, in you know, like in the NFL, you have one to two to three guys who are head of security um for an entire 53-man, 63-man squad. In the NBA, the top players have their own individual security, and those right. guys sit right behind the benches. <laughs> I, that just blows me away. You have 12, 13 guys on an NBA roster. One guy's not good enough to guard all of you. You got to have your own individual security detail. That is um, that's that's wild. wow. That's amazing. <laughs> it just blows me away. When, when I first heard that story years ago, I said, what? He goes, oh, yeah. You know, I was told by my guy with the uh, with the Sixers. Oh, yeah. He has his own. He has his own. He has his own. I, I mean, you serious? Oh, my God. Yeah. Different world, man. I, I never I never saw – I never saw that until I got to Green Bay. I got to Green Bay and remember the safety. What was the safety's name? He's arrested right now. Oh, oh um, gosh. he was, was on. Sharp. He was on a NFL NFL Network. Yes, he he was also he played for the Saints. Oh, Saints. Yeah, that's a bad sharper. One. sharper, sharper, Darren, Darren Sharper, that's, Darren Sharper. Yeah, that's a bad. It's a real bad one, man. Like, well, Darren really, Sharper was the first guy that I've seen has security in Appleton, Wisconsin. I'm like. For what? Why the hell do you have security? I, well, evidently he was doing the stuff that he was doing, you know, slipping, you know, guys, wise Mickey's or whatever, and, oh, and, and, and having sex with him like that. Yep. And I guess people were looking for him for it, you know what I'm saying? But he had security. I'm like, why the heck do you need a security guard or with you in Appleton, Wisconsin? There's barely enough people to fill a, Thank a, you. a high school basketball court. Let alone, you need security here while we're in Appleton, Wisconsin. Are you yeah, kidding the best me? Thing, the best thing about the best thing about Appleton, Wisconsin, is Vince Lombardi Steakhouse. That's it. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, Appleton's like the old show Mayberry RFD, quaint little town. You know, <laughs> yeah. little sleepy town. Um, you know, thirty minute drive to Green Bay. That's where all the teams stay in Green Bay. They don't even have hotels big enough to accommodate a, a football team. Nope. So they go to Appleton and stay at the Paper Mill Inn, which is a nice old hotel, but it's old. I wonder if that thing's haunted. I never saw any ghosts there, but I wonder if it's haunted. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm telling you, there's an indoor pool, nice sports bar. The food, the, the wings are great in the sports bar, big spacious. But of all places, Appleton and not Green Bay, how do you not have a hotel big enough in Green Bay to accommodate teams? I don't get it. Right. That. That's crazy. That is crazy. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's dip into – Ranking the NFC in terms of quarterbacks. Right. So I I did 10. We don't have to do 10, but I did 10. Now, here's the problem. Rodgers is still a Packer. Technically. Uh, I know. I know. Uh, so I'm just saying we can go. You go either way with that. If he's not in the on the list, it's because we know he's going to be a jet. Right. But you could. You know, you could use. You could still technically throw him in there if you wanted to. You don't have to. Um I, I'll go. I guess I, I go. Um, I go Fields because I need to see if he can pass. I I I think the kid deserves the chance this year, and I, I think he may show that he is that guy. 
but right now I have him at 10. Um, I have Daniel Jones at nine. I have Geno Smith at eight. I have Matthew Stafford at seven. Mm. I have Derek Carr, who's now in the NFC at six. Mm. Jared Goff at five. Dak Prescott at four. Kirk Cousins at three. I have Rodgers at two. You could easily take that out, like I said. And I have Jalen Hurts at one. So I went Hurts, Rodgers, one foot out the door. Cousins, Dak, Goff, uh, Stafford Carr, Smith, Jones, Fields. That's my list. Wow. I went, my number 10 was Murray. Because even though I don't like him, when you look at his body of work over four years, he's completed almost 67% of his passes. He is the energizer bunny. He can kill you with his legs. He's just he's just mentally, you know, on his own island. Number nine, I went Stafford. Stafford's 35 years old. He only played nine games last year. And granted, he didn't have a lot of help, but he got beat up last year. Yeah, he did. So I put Stafford at nine. My number eight quarterback was Andy Dalton. Because Andy Dalton with the Saints the year before completed 67% at 18 touchdowns, nine interceptions on a, on a Saints team that couldn't get out of their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, my number seven was is Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones had his best year as a pro last year under Brian Dayball. Number six, Geno Smith. Geno Smith's completion percentage for a season was unbelievable for a guy who had been a habitual backup. Number five for me, I know you're not going to hate this one, is Dak Prescott. Dak had an off year last year. Up until last year, Dak was pretty good at taking care of the football. He can't win a big game, but in regular season, Dak took care of the football. He he helped the team more than he hurt the team. Mm-hmm. Number four, I put Derek Carr, because I think Derek Carr at the helm of that Saints offense is going to take that offense to a different level. Um, number three for me is Jared Goff. Number two is Kirk Cousins, and number one, Jalen Hurts. I couldn't put Aaron Rodgers on there because Joe Douglas – and 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 the Jets brain trust has said time and time again, oh, Aaron Aaron Rodgers will be a Jet, right? So I took that's the reason I took him off the list. Now, fair so, enough, fair enough. Yeah, um, yeah. Hey, by the way, uh, Matt Patricia has been named an Eagles senior defensive assistant. Oh, Matt Patricia, the pencil and the beard, and yep. Well, we that's his forte. What's that defense. again? Senior defensive assistant with the Eagles, yes, yeah. Matt Patricia. Yes, yeah, he's Where a good defensive happen? coordinator, he's not a head coach, right? He's well, remember, there was talk that he might be in the running for a defensive coordinator, right? Right, right, yeah, yeah. Is so that telling you that the side is that telling you that the organization thinks the side might need a little help in making decisions? Mm. I, that's the way it looks to me. Mm-hmm. That's what it yeah. looks to me. It, it, yeah, it's a good question. You know, you, maybe you just you you felt like you were a little bit young in other spots, and you and you wanted a guy who's been around a little bit, possibly. There mm. you go. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's uh, yeah. So it's real quick. I'll run through it again. It's um, Taver Johnson. Ta- sorry, Taver Johnson is assistant defensive backs coach. Ronnell Williams is Nichols coach. Mike D'Angelo is a defensive quality control coach. Tyler Yelk is an assistant to the head coach. Uh, Kevin Petullo is promoted to pass game coordinator, associate head coach. DK McDonald, defensive backs coach. 
Tyler Scudder, assistant linebackers coach, and then Matt Patricia, senior defensive assistant. That's mm. the uh, that's it. So you d- you have a DB coach, but you also need a nickel coach as well. Correct. Correct. Man, that league that mean league doesn't know what to do with all that money, man. These teams teams got more money than they know what to do with. Now, granted, he'll be paid low tier, but still, do you really need all these coaches? How many yeah. how many people you need to bend a player's ear on a daily basis? <laughs> well, oh, my look, goodness. I, 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 hey, it's Jeffrey Lurie's money. You know what I mean? Yeah, he can afford I'm, it. I'm good. Jeez. If they feel like that's what they need to do, hey, go for it. Like if, if they sold, if the Eagles sold or sold, how much do you think they would, the way the franchise is right now? Probably five, seven billion. Five, six, seven, who knows? Washington got six, right? Is that what it was? Six. Yeah, uh, yeah, six, six, six. Yeah. You know, and that's you know, it's a big market. Um, but there's not the you're not taking over some of the chaos. I don't know how much that has to do with. You, yeah, yeah, I it's mean, a you're getting, full market. Huh? It's a number yeah. four. So you're getting in that range. You're yeah. in that range. You know, if not more. I think that it, it think it's worth more than Washington. Though. So I'm, I'm thinking around six and a half, seven yeah. billion. Yeah. Hey, so, not a bad return on a hundred eighty-eight million dollar investment for Jeffrey Lurie, huh? That he borrowed from his aunt. That he borrowed, yeah. Not he a bad return on your money. Man, uh, my, my, my aunt used to tape, I sw- type tape dimes to birthday cards that she used to send me, and Jeffrey's oh, borrowing <laughs> hundred eighty-eight million. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I, uh, dime, I would scot- I would scotch tape peel off the dime and, and I would uh, that's when I was a little kid that's what I used to get my my, my my one grandmother in Tennessee before before she passed God bless her even when we were adult kids and she had at least my goodness 12 13 grandkids she would send us all every year like clockwork at least one or two dollars in a birthday card every year like yeah. clockwork mm-hmm. now, me. Mm. I just give my kids a handshake and a gift, and that's it. <laughs> my grandkids, know. good to see you. Yep. Let's have a cake and go home. <laughs> Here's the handoff. Here I am handing you off. Yes. Yep. Uh, I got you. Uh, my uh, my right, list, I, I go with Fields, number 10 also. Okay. Daniel Jones, nine. Jacoby Brissett, um, I'll go eight. Derek Carr at seven. I'll put Geno Smith in front of Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. That's how much he progresses as a player. Then I go Jared Goff at number five. I got Dak Prescott a lot higher than you guys got him, but I got him at four. Mm. And I still put Rodgers in front of him because he's still in the Green Bay. So I go Rodgers as number three. I put Kirk Cousins number two, and then Hurts number one. How dare you put Cousins in front of Rodgers? How dare you? The only the only reason I thought about that, the only reason I did it because he's not going to be there. They're going to flip flop. You know, he's going to leave and go somewhere else. Oh man! But I had to put him on list because he's still there right now. Yeah, yeah. that's what I did. I mean, it's it's only a matter of time. But it's that that whole thing's been strange too. Uh, there's a few really weird situations going on there. Um, all right, let's come back and we will uh, we'll talk some Sixers when we get back uh, during this segment. We will have Mark think, Jackson. Uh, Mark Jackson has. Uh, I think he'll, he he. he He's going to be on a 15, 215. Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll talk to Mark, and we'll, we'll mix in some Phillies and, and, and all kinds of stuff when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek. That's Barrett. I'm Rob. 
We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, let's talk about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. So if you have any types of issues with your trees or your yard on your, in your property, if you do, they're just a quick phone call away, and they're experts at trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. Now, keep in mind, we've got some great weather right now. It's an awesome time to get your trees evaluated before the summer winds and rain kick in. Go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right. Just by talking with Brian, in my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Back 
talking some hoops here, guys, because we have a game tonight. Yes, game three. Sixers and the Nets in Brooklyn. Uh, Mark Jackson in a little bit from NBC Sports Philadelphia. So I looked at I looked at positives and negatives, pros and cons of what we've seen so far. The the obvious pro is they're up to nothing. I mean, they're doing exactly what they should be doing against the lesser opponent. They didn't necessarily play their A game the other night, and they still won the game by 12. That, like, first and foremost, they're, they're taking care of their business, right? The other things, I love the fact that Embiid, even if he's not lighting up the scoreboard and, and maybe playing up to the offensive level that he's accustomed to, still has a massive impact on games. 19 rebounds, uh, blocks, altering shots, all those kind of things that maybe in the past he might have hung his head a little bit if he wasn't scoring his at his level. Like, there's, that's a big sign to me of maturity from Embiid, from what we maybe saw in years past. Go yeah, I mean that that's that's big. That's huge because this team is 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 trying to take him out of the game. Yes, he had um 20 points, but the reason he had 20 points is they're game planning him, you know. I mean, as soon as he touches the ball, the double team, you know, and he, he they caused some they caused some havoc when they did that. You know what I'm saying? He, he wasn't necessarily getting the ball to the right guy in in a timely manner. So I mean, if I was if, if I was the Celtics, they, they see this. They might use this also. They have the wing players to even get back out on the shooters too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yep. it's, it's 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 I I like he's starting to mature, and his maturation has shown that he now knows what he has to do. He's got to execute a little better, but he's still a world. I mean, a, a world ahead of what he used to be maybe two years ago. Yes, leaps and bounds. Agreed. Um, so a couple other positives here. Tobias Harris has had a very good series thus far. Uh, the other night, 12 rebounds, five of them offensive. He's contributing, uh, from an offensive perspective. He's playing good defense. He's playing like one of those complimentary pieces that you have to have if you want to make a run at this thing. He's doing what he needs to do thus far. Yes, we need to see it against Boston and, and, and or Milwaukee or whomever. But so far, so good for Tobias Harris. He hasn't gone into witness protection like he does sometimes. He's played no. So far. Yeah, he's done a good job. Uh, Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, what else can you say about game two? 33 points. He shot it well from three. Shot it well from the outside. His usual taking it to the rack and tough finishes, all those kind of things. He's doing a really good job for them. So they're all, you know, big positives in, in, a, in a good way. Now, what, is, what concerns you a little bit? Well, I would say a few things. Clearly, James Harden's performance uh, in game two. Yep. What you wonder is and what, what you fear is he can't crank it up night after night. In other words, he played really well in game one, and then it just wasn't there. He could, He went to that well, and it wasn't there. He's got an extra day off. It'll be three days rest for them, um, you know, going into tonight's game. But what Harden are we getting here, guys? He was three for 13 from the floor, eight points, five turnovers in that game the other night mm. against mm. a lesser, you know, a lesser opponent like the Nets. Yep. yep. So, how, how, you know, how, how does he – what does that look like against Boston, who's a nasty defensive team? That's concerning. Well, it's very concerning. Like I said, they got the length um, on the wings. To, to play halfway in between when they double-team them, to get the ball out, and then it's not going to be able to shoot a wide-open shot. You know, we hope that they can, but, I mean, that just, that's just um, – that's going to be tough, man. It, it's just a better overall team, the way they run the break, uh, the way they play defense, you know, the cause these turnovers. You know, they just – to me, I, I think the Celtics are playing 
the best ball in the league. And I think the Sixers are second. Then I'll go Milwaukee. But just okay. so have all those <laughs> – they're in the East, and they're the three best teams in the East. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. I don't yeah, think the know. West at this point uh, – I think the East is just miles ahead of the West as far as competition. Yeah, yeah I, I, would that out. I would agree. I would I, agree. I can't have Harden playing 36 minutes one game, giving me 23 points, and then 38 minutes the next game giving me only eight points. You're not going to beat the better two competitions that you're going to have to face – if no. your number, if your number three, or technically your number two, is mm-hmm. not more consistent, I mean, when you watch the first two games of each of the other series, there's three to four players you know consistently that are going to be in double figures in scoring, mm-hmm. and Harden, Harden being up and down like a yo-yo, and again, on the surface, he, he tells us he feels a hundred percent better with this Achilles thing. His actions on the court tells me, I don't know. I yeah. don't know because yeah. there were times in that second game, the way the pace of the game was going up and down the court, you saw him jogging up and down the court. Mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. and I don't know if he's favoring that thing. I haven't, you know, you don't see him limp or anything like that, but I wonder if he's favoring it. If I'm wondering if, you know, sometimes you push off, it kind of feels a little awkward, you know, like with a sprain, if yeah. you feel a little awkward and he's trying to protect it, you know, we'll never, we may never know that, but that's something to look closely at, you know, especially tonight because of that off game, the other night, and he's had extended rest now. I expect him to come back and play like the James Harden of the first game. Tonight. Yeah, yeah, no question. Um, so th- this is interesting, and uh, John Dickerson alerted us to this. Appreciate it, John. And I just checked it. Jeff McClain just tweeted out, uh, the Matt Patricia announcement is no longer on the Eagles' website. I don't know what, what to make of this. Hold up. I don't know. So, Gunner, you might want to do a little digging here. Wow. Now – the, the reason the hire was a curious one, at least the first thing that leaps out to me, is the history that he has with Slay, which is not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Slay did not like playing for him when Patricia was a head coach in Detroit and said as much uh, when Slay came over here. In fact, took some shots at him. So I don't know. I'm just, you know, it, it was there. It's not there. Now, Howie and... Nick are going to be talking to the media in about seven minutes. So I guess we'll find out, you know, where things are with that. But I'm just passing this along. Uh, That is the latest on what's going on there. Strange. Uh, Mm. Strange. Uh, Tim McManus is reporting that as well, that it's been deleted from the website. Mm. Weird. Weird. Anyway. What's that all about? I don't know. Uh, I I see uh, there's a... There's a uh, a tweet about Matt Patricia. I kind of looked it up. Yeah, um, do, do we miss something here? Yeah, Patricia was charged. Charges were dismissed ten months later. It stemmed from al- uh, allegations of an incident at a Radisson Hotel in South Padre Island, Texas. A, a very long time ago, right? Yeah, when a very this? long this time is, ago. This was like around college. This, uh, yeah. When he was in college, a, a very, okay. very, very long time ago. He's right. had a long, illustrious coaching yeah. career since. Why is right, he? right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't tie it to that. Uh, yeah, but I hear you. Uh, well, I'm just, I just saw the, you know, the tweet. Yeah. Um. So. So do you think that they said uh, it was is an either either or thing with with Slay and himself? No, no, I'm not. Sa- I'm not saying that. I'm just telling you. Um, 
I found it strange that they would even go that route considering Slate. And, and Slate may say yeah, at this really. point, I, hey, I'm good, whatever. It's water under the bridge. But I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll know short enough. I mean, it, it's going to come up, you know, in this press conference. That's for sure. And whether he's, he's a member of the staff or not, it's a pretty cut and dry question. Unless Thank you're you. Tom Brady and you don't answer anything straight. <laughs> well, you know, that's the only way we don't know. But uh, so that anyway, uh, in the meantime, Harden's a concern. Here's the other thing that's concerned. And Bede's got to clean up the eight turnovers. He had eight turnovers in the last game. That won't fly against Boston or Milwaukee. You turned over eight times. No, you're losing. No, no. Yeah, yeah, you're losing. You got wolves. You got wolves feasting, waiting for stuff like that. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> you, 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 you don't want to make that mistake. You know, kudos, kudos for Brooklyn, who who obviously knows we yeah. cannot match up with him one on one. This is our best opportunity to have any kind of chance, and you can tell it's, it's frustrating him a little bit. Yes, you throw know? the kitchen sink at him. But yeah. all right. Well, look what we have. And he is, he's taking the time to hop on with us at the last minute. Very nice of you, Mark. Uh, Mark Appreciate it, Mark. He's got that look like, why are you guys bothering me again? (laughs) (laughs) Never that, never that, guys. Never that, never that. That's funny. That's funny. Mark, Mark, so uh, I was, we were just going through like pros and cons, and there's way more pros than cons. That's for sure. Um, One of the, one of the pros for me was, Embiid, even though he wasn't maybe lighting the, the lighting it up offensively, game two, still gets you 19 boards, still plays the same kind of defense, still does a lot of things to affect the game in a massive way. Where maybe years ago that might have bothered him a little bit that he wasn't scoring a ton early in the game. Just talk about his maturity level. It's not just about his maturity. It, it, the maturity helps helped him slow down, slow down to see the game more from more of a, 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 a outsider's perspective, meaning you're able to create opportunities for others when you slow the game down your mind. A lot of young players, that's a hard thing for them to, to understand and comprehend, how to slow the game down. Joel Embiid does, does a great job of that. Now, that's why the first game he was able to get so many shooters open. Second game, it wasn't hitting shots, but he was always in position to get rebounds. He finds a way to contribute no matter what's the stakes. Now, that's all about previous seasons when he wasn't as mature as he was now. He would have forced up shots, try to create things a little bit more, but he relied on his team to pick up the slack. A, he can do that because he's the best roster he's had since he's been a sixer. And B, that's maturity. And you have to trust the guys around you. You have to say, hey, we need some more rebounding. We're losing. Let me play hard. Let me do certain other things. And he's doing those things. Well, let me ask you this then. How is it that um, Tobias Harris has changed his whole game around from the last 10 games I saw him in the regular season? Well, that's a great question. The reason why is because the way that the game has changed, the way they're guarding Joel, that can Joel get 30? Yes, he can get 30. But the way the team, uh, the Nets, are really bringing a double team to him, it's hard for him to get the 30 in an easier fashion. It's less one-on-one. So that's leaving three on four. There's even three defenders guarding four of the guys. And Tobias has been a recipient of that, and he's getting mm-hmm. the ball in the flow and able to attack a man that's closing out to him, which enables him to blow by him more. Mark, what are we to make of James Harden? He plays 36 minutes the first game, gives you 23 points. 38 minutes the second game, gives you eight points. What, what are we to make of, of where he is right now? Because w- when you see his point production drop like that, the first thing you're thinking is, 
is the Achilles bothering him? For me, I just think it was an off night. I think one thing okay. James is, James is a shooter first and foremost. Yep. He is a shooter. That's the first thing he is. And shooters shoot. But one thing about shooters, they, they, they go up and down. It's a roller coaster. And I just think he had an off night. And I really believe that's something that James is going to is, is going to I think that's something that James is going to struggle with a little bit because he has so many other options and weapons around him that he's not going to be able to just go, go, go every single time. He's going to have to wait his turn again in when, on the offense before he can go again to kind of create. And that's something I think that's very important. A, that's a hard pill to swallow when you've been put in a situation to be most ball-dominant, most first-usage points ever at one point most of your career. Do you have to adapt to learn to play with better talents and more weapons. So I think, you know, in previous seasons, before the Nets, before the Sixers, if it was like that for him, he'd be like, okay, I get the next 25 more times to shoot the ball, so I'll make up for it. And this mm-hmm. one, no, Tobias, Max, and Joel got to eat. They got to eat. You got to find, you know, wait till your turn again. So that's why I think you'll see this up and down a little bit more. Mark, talk mm-hmm. to me about, from a player's perspective, this game. Sixers up 2-0. You're going back to their place. And I – Look, I know it's not the garden. I know it's not the same fervent kind of crowd, and there will be Sixers fans there. But, you know, you're going to get everything the Nets have, I would assume, tonight. Absolutely. And a re- and listen, I was asked by Amy Fadu, what do I think? Do I think it's going to be a sweep? I said, I, I be honest, I don't. And let me tell you why. I don't think it'll be a sweep because the Nets got so many shooters. They yep. just need their two guys, Bridges and Dinwiddie, to get downhill to, to collapse the Sixers' defense and then find those shooters. Shooters need downhill players to be successful on a consistent basis. Dinwiddie and Bridges, even though Bridges got off the first game, his lot of this stuff is mid-range. They need somebody getting downhill to collapse that Sixers defense, and that's Dinwiddie's job. If Dinwiddie can get in the lane and find these shooters and force the Sixers defense to be in a scrambling mode, that allows these shooters to get off, and that's why I think the Nets might still win in Brooklyn. Mm. Well, Mark, how do you feel about mm-hmm. – I'm sorry, how do you feel about the way Doc has handled the, the, the bench and his rotation through the first two games? I think it's been appropriate. I think with every series, the rotation will change. I don't think it'll be yep. a, the same with every series. I think rotation will be dictated by who we play. Like, you know, I'm the, my favorite player on the, on the squad. This is no secret. It's George Niang. That's my guy. Yep. That's my man from yep. Grand. With that being said, if we move on and we end up playing Boston, I don't know if he's going to play the same amount of minutes. I think McDaniels and, and um, House Jr. might get some of his minutes. And that's something to be – that's why I think – that's something to – and then P.J. and Tobias' minutes might fluctuate as well, either higher or lower because of the matchup. I think the matchup determines um, based on series. Well, you saying okay. that then. Um, when you – you know, I know we're going to get past the Nets, but then we do, we do get to Boston and their style of play the up and down the court. Do you see Harden's minutes going down a little more and Maxi's go up a lot more simply because of – you got to keep up with those guys. No, I think their minutes. I think those three. I think the three, the three guards, uh, and there's plenty of guards. I mean, no disrespect to anybody, I'm forgetting, but I know James, uh, Melton, and Maxi minutes will be high. Okay. But I also think I think their minutes won't change. I also think when you get to the front court, that's when people minutes will change because I really believe that's when PJ Tucker might play. He's gonna make play some minutes at the five, and Tobias and McDaniel's might get a lot. At them, them mm. four positions, the oh, matchup okay. with speed. So that's something to keep in mind. Mark, wow. anything surprise you so far from what you've seen? Just jumping around, looking at these series. I mean, there's a lot of injuries. Uh, you know, fortunately, we're not talking about the Sixers in that vein. 
But any of these series surprise you so far from what you've seen? Well, I'll tell you what's surprising in all the series. In all the series, been surprised at how physical it's being called. Yeah, I right. think last year and the year before, they was calling this really soft a little bit. They're letting the players mm -hmm. in their games dictate the flow of the game, and I really like that. The important part is it got to be consistent. You got to be consistent first half and second half. I know sometimes – if I don't know if they do. I'm just saying sometimes referees will look at the fouls. And if it's a major discrepancy, you'll see the whistle kind of change a little bit. I'm not saying that's intentional, but it's just the, the common flow that I see. But I really like the way that – your style of play dictates the way the rest play the game. And they're allowing a series, not just one or two, but I see most of the series, the games to be physical. So where are they at as far as, as far as, you know, going into the series? And wouldn't you say the Celtics right now are, are probably playing the best ball out of anybody in the league? I, that's just my personal sense. I don't know what you're thinking at this point. Um, and going to that type of environment, you know, being – in Boston and going against Embiid and understanding he'll probably be the MVP by then, wouldn't you say? He should be. Should be uh, MVP. They're going to give out a uh, six-man. Uh, they give a six-man, and then they give out MVP. All right. So so in, in looking at that, will that give him a little more bounce going into this uh, series, you know, give him an opportunity to really show what he's got? I think he has to because, you know, Joel has been consistently dominating, dominating, has been dominant all in the regular seasons. He's yet to really have a healthy playoff run. And with that being said, can you imagine having a, the MVP season and then you go in the playoffs? Once you get, once you get handled that label on your back, they're coming for you. They're coming for you. So with that being said, that's when you got to earn your stripes. That's when your legendary status is created. That's what it's made. Forgive you during the regular season. It doesn't count. What you do in the playoffs means everything. That's where legends right. are born. Especially if you get that MVP plastered on your back, they're really coming for you. They expect MVP to be MVP-ish in the playoffs. Mark, uh, I love the way Dylan Brooks gets gets under LeBron's skin. and, and, and I, But I miss the days, man, when this league has the identity of the bad boys, of the yeah. rivalries between the Celtics and the Lakers. I mean, Draymond Green is that character, but there's no Dennis Rodman, no players like that. I, and I just think the league, as exciting as these young players are, it just misses that storyline element when it gets to the postseason that we back in the day, you just knew it was a given when the postseason started that you, you knew who the villains were going to be in the playoffs. Exactly. Well, you know what? Let's not keep it real, guys. Let's keep it real. Let me whisper this. Because of social media, nobody wants to be the villain. Ah, okay. <laughs> nobody okay. really wants to okay. be the villain. It's like, well, if I'm the villain, people are not really going to like me on social media, right? So I don't want to be the villain. I don't want to be the villain. So I like the fact that Brooks is trying to be the villain. But I'm going to tell you this. What he's saying about LeBron is hogwash. You know, LeBron, is the great, to me, is the greatest player ever. And you talking yeah. that crap like he's never did nothing. I'm like, well, man, like, what are you doing? So, I mean, I know LeBron has been in chill mode, but, like, as that that I don't I don't want to be that guy that get off my lawn, old man. But I'm like LeBron, LeBron, you got to go kick his ass. Excuse my language. Like yeah. you, you got to. You, I mean, come on now, because like I'm to the point I want to hurry up and get you want to get out here. And I want to go at the ball. Like I I like it. That like that's what it's about. That I love. I I know Brooks get a, a rap that a lot of people don't like him. They saying he's he's kind of too tough. He's too physical. I'm like man, that's part of the game. Like I love him talking. I love a guy that talk it but then back it up. Mm -hmm. I, I do love it. Like, and one thing I'm I'm, I'm, aware, I'm I'm keen on is 
You can do that just as long as you keep it. Don't be out there being dirty. As long as you, and he, he don't be, he don't play dirty. He just play real physical. He might get you mm -hmm. one of these every now and then. He's playing real physical. As long as he's not dirty, I'm good with it. Yeah. Well, speaking of, are you, are you okay with Draymond's one game that he got for the stomp? Look, so everybody, when I, everybody seems surprised. When he stumped him, I said he's going to get one game. Mm -hmm. And I was with my sons. Like, you think? I said, hell yeah. But I said, oh, he was grabbing his leg. I said, let me lay down and grab your leg and you stump me and see what happened. Like, what do you <laughs> come on now? Like, really, like he deserved one game. Right. Like, oh, game he deserved it. He said he grabbed my leg. Yes, he grabs your leg. Sabonis is not is sponge from that. He yeah. grabs your leg. But that mean you had to lift your knee up and stump on that man? No, sir. Not at all. That's hogwash. Yeah. That is hogwash. So the in the, the thing and even back in the day, that one of his spender he even injected, but like I know the Warriors are saying the right things, but like in the locker room, like, yo, that was freaking stupid, dog. Like, they yeah. got to yep. do him. Yep. That was stupid. Yep. Come on, man. Yep. And then the way you get ejected, you doing all this and all this. Come on, man. Like, that, I mean, I'm not, now, first of all, I'm not a, um, I'm not a sunflower myself. I've been ejected many a time, but I know <laughs> I'm not going to go out tea, like mocking what's going on, like doing all this. And I'm, come on, man. Just, yeah. just take it and go. He was wrong. And no. people are going to try to say, oh, he wasn't. Yes, he was. He grabbed his leg. He absolutely grabbed his leg. But you ain't have to stump that dude. Yep. That's just bad. That was just bad. That was just bad right there. As my grandmother said, that's bad juju, Mark. That's bad juju. <laughs> hey, hey, Mark, staying with that particular series, I think this Sacramento team has been such a breath of fresh air um, in, in terms of a team coming from out of nowhere, hadn't been in the playoffs in more than a decade, and now they're, they're like the darlings of the league all of a sudden. I When I watch it, when I watch that series to me, and I watch all the series, I, the ones that's going to the same time I record them, I watch them later because I just love the game playoffs. The thing with me with that series, guys, is I'm looking at the new kids on the block. Mm -hmm. They respect you, but they saying it's our turn. They have an yeah. edge on their shoulder. And one thing about that town, Sacramento, they have it. They have a great fan base. Even my mm -hmm. guys, Bobby, Bobby Jackson, Chris Weber, playing for them, Pages Theocritus, they had a great uh, uh, fan base when they was winning. Then when they went through they, they, they laws and they was losing them, they still had a great fan base. So it's a chip on their shoulders. Players, uh, uh, coaches, fans, and they got something to prove. And who best to prove it against gets the, 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 uh, the, the dynasty of, of this generation. Mm -hmm. Mark, what let me circle think? back real quick to the Sixers. Um, the bench – it's been up and down and hit or miss a lot. Uh, you feel like there there aren't a whole lot of guys you can count on, maybe beyond Melton. And I know you mentioned Niang a little bit and didn't even get a shot off the other night. But how are you feeling about the bench in general? I think the bench is going to do their job. I think the bench will be up and down. But I think they'll be more up than down because this is a very good bench, one of the best in the league. And I know the Sixers are the best three-point shooting team in the league, but a lot of that is because of their bench. Mm -hmm. And – Let's not forget that, gentlemen. So I think that's important to understand. Like, just like Joel's, we have an up game, down game. Just like James, had the, the bench is allowed to have that too. But more so than not, they're going to be up than down. I guarantee that. I mean, my God, man. I, 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 at this point, when you, when you look at P.J. Tucker, and now I, I'm starting to see why I didn't see all uh, all season. He, he's turning it up, man. I got I to gotta give him his flowers, and I got to give your boy George Niang flowers too, man. They, they're, they're, they're really doing what I – I didn't think they had it in them, 
Both of them got old man, that old man game. You know what I'm saying? I go out to the park. YMCA game. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I, I gotta give them, I gotta give them the just do, man. They're starting to step it up, you know, as far as you know, being those leaders in that locker room. I think it was a good deal bringing them in now. And you know what? Everybody, you know, Amy used to say it a lot during the season. She said, we need to just put PJ in a bubble wrap and put him away in cryo storage into the playoffs because <laughs> you don't, his numbers don't dictate his value. Right. They right. don't. He does so many little things that you need. Like you mentioned Rodman. He's our Rodman. Yes. Exactly. He's our, you mentioned, let's go, even let's not even go that dramatic. He's our Horace Grant. Mm-hmm. That's who he is. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's who he is. Yeah. He's that guy that does the little things that nobody else does on a consistent basis. He does it consistently. He Whoa. does it consistently. Yeah. And that's the thing that we that's what I love about him. And I was sitting there watching, but oh, we paid him too much. I'm like this, you'll see. You'll see why we got him. And the better the level of competition of the other team's player, the more you will see his value. Mm. Okay. The more you will see his value. Mm. Mark, yeah, last one from me. Uh B ball Paul. Uh, we've seen it. We've seen this guy grow. We've seen Doc trust him now a little bit, which took a long time. <laughs> he looks like he's. You don't fall off a cliff now when a B comes out of the game, and that's that's a that's a big difference from what we've seen in years past. You know why? Because energy is never wrong. Like mm. like my one of my favorite Latin singers of all time, Shakira. Hips don't lie. Your energy don't lie. If you bring that lie, if you bring that energy. And that aggression every game, but have the ability to slow down mentally, yeah. you're going to be all right. B-Ball Paul has been inconsistent with his minutes because his mind has created some problems on offense and defense. He'll make a good play, then he'll take two steps back because of mental uh, mental meltdown. Mm-hmm. That cost him. But he's being consistent with slowing down. And then that's having Doc trust him enough to play him consistently. Nice. Mm-hmm. But- he appreciate you, bro. B-ball, B-ball Paul Shakira reference. That's that. We go out on that note. I love, that I note we it. go out on. Uh, Mark, uh, we're looking forward to to your coverage. You do a great job with the pre and post game show on NBC Sports Philadelphia with Absolutely. Amy and, and uh, Coach Lydum and the crew. And uh, keep up the good work, man. We appreciate you giving us a couple of minutes. See you tonight, bro. I appreciate you guys. See you tonight, guys. Have a good one. Oh, Thank man, you. Mark. Take care, Take man. Care, man. Mark Jackson, kind enough to hop on there for a couple of minutes. It was funny. It was good stuff there. Um, <laughs> hips uh, don't lie. Hips don't lie, Strong. baby. That's Girl. it, man. Shakira, Shakira. All right. <laughs> we'll, uh, uh, we'll come back and uh, some more Shakira references. And uh, maybe we'll mix in some Philly, some birthdays, and, and all kinds of good stuff. So don't go anywhere. That's Derek Barrett. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, let's talk about Razor Technology. Yeah, because cybersecurity, protecting your data, is a security imperative for businesses of all sizes. Choose a partner like Razor Technology with expertise in the latest threats and proactive tools to lock down every endpoint with a zero-trust approach that makes certain only authorized users can gain access to your systems. Razor delivers enterprise-wide insight into every component of a security plan across identity devices, information, apps, and infrastructure with threat-prioritized recommendations. They design, deploy, manage, and monitor security solutions that enable modern business to safely communicate, collaborate, and thrive 
in the modern marketplace, whether they're working in person or remotely on internal infrastructure or in the cloud and in every possible hybrid arrangement, choose Razor technology to protect your digital assets, establish an organized wide security posture, enforce safe practices for identity and access management, and secure hybrid and remote workforces. Call Razor Technology today at 866-797-3282, 866-797-3282, or visit them online at razor-tech.com. That's razor-tech.com. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Welcome back. Great to be hanging out with you on this Thursday. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, I have a good on this date for you guys before we get into a little Phillies and then some birthdays. I got one even better. Oh, all right. On this date, 1986. 
hint basketball, hint playoffs. Oh, you stole my. <laughs> I'll let Derek finish it. You finish no, it. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You got it. Go ahead. All right. MJ dropped a, a playoff record 63 yeah. on the Celtics this day, 1986. Yes. Came back. I think you get that one. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that was uh, unbelievable. I never saw anything like it, man. I remember that game. Straight dominance, man. Straight dominance. Incredible. Um, So, yeah, um, that was a good one. I thought you had another one, man. I thought we were going to get a double dip of ours. (laughs) A double Yeah. Um, Still no word. I uh, I haven't seen anything from any of the beat writers uh, regarding – you know, the hirings, the, the, the elevation of certain coaches and or if Matt Patricia's here, here's part of the issue guys. Um, part of the issue is that Twitter is now in free fall because we've taken away all the blue check marks. You know that, right? What? No, no. They're no, all gone. They're Since all when? gone. Check, look, look at your social media. Uh, no, well, I haven't had mine since I left NBC. So yeah. Yeah. I, I had one. Mine's gone. Um, so yeah. That's uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, wow. But anyway, uh, yeah. So will we get anything, uh, any word from the Eagles uh, when they're they're speaking, Howie or Nick, we'll let you we'll let you know. But uh, Phillies win yesterday, guys. It was an afternoon game. Started at two o'clock Eastern. They beat the White Sox. They took the series two games to one. They're eight and eleven on the season. Now they a couple things that were really good from yesterday's game. One, Taiwan Walker goes six and a third. Five hits, two runs, 95 pitches. It's exactly what they need. They need their starters to go deeper. So that's a good sign. Uh, the other good sign, they really jumped early. Uh, Trey Turner hadn't hit a home run all season, and he mm-hmm. goes yard in the uh, second batter of the game. He ends up going – he was in an 0-for-8 slump. He goes 3-for-5, had a home run, uh, scored a couple of runs, had a double, two RBIs. <laughs> He's up to 321 on the season with a 375 on base and a 444 slugging percentage. So he's been, you know, as advertised, and he's starting. Hopefully, now this starts the power surge for him. Um, Brandon Marsh has just been awesome. He hit a home run the opposite way. Yep. Two for four with an RBI. He's hitting 368, 419 on base, 737 slugging, a 1.156 OPS, and he's hitting 333 against lefties. Um, He's playing every day now as he should, and he's showing you that he was worth that trade. They gave up a pretty good prospect in Logan Ohapi, but Brandon Marsh is, is has been awesome so far for them. And the, the other thing is the bullpen, the last four games, no runs allowed, 16 strikeouts. So they've been they've there there's I think you can see it. You have to kind of look through some stuff. Look past the trees. But you can see it a little bit that they're if starting. You squint real hard. If you squint, yeah. If you get your bifocals <laughs> out or whatever, yeah. You look a little bit closely, you can see it because they're starting to come. They're well, they're come. they're um, closer to sea level than they were a week ago, and they're playing a four game series against the worst team in the National League at home. Uh, right? They're at home, right? Correct. Yes, yeah. home for the, so, for the Rockies. Yes, I expect this team to be above five hundred. They should sweep this Colorado team. Mm-hmm. It really should. Yeah, because yeah. Colorado is a mess right now. Should have five wins. Yeah, you know, five wins in nineteen games. I mean, seriously, you know, at the very minimum, these Phillies had better win three out of four against this particular team. Mm-hmm. The minimum three out of four. If not, 
Rob is going to need medication on Monday. Right. <laughs> Rob is going to get somebody fired on Monday. Rob, Rob's going to need additional medication. Yeah. yeah. Right. 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 It's it's, it's four twenty day, so you'd be cool with today though. But it, it'll be four twenty day. Hey, who in the chat room is participating in four twenty day? That's all has, I want to know. Yes. Has anybody partaken in festivities already in the chat? Uh, and do you maybe do that every day when you watch the show? <laughs> you may it's, need to watch it's, maybe, maybe we should to get through the show. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, the standings right now. So if you look at it, they're eight and eleven, as I mentioned. Um, Atlanta's been awesome. What else is new? They're fourteen and five. The uh, the Mets are twelve and seven. Miami's ten and nine, and the then the Phillies are are there at eight and eleven. Now Colorado, as you mentioned, Derek is bad. They are five and fourteen. There's two teams in the entire league yeah. with worst records. And that's the Oakland A's who we're going to get to in one second and the Washington Nationals. So they're, this should be take care of business time. This should be take exactly. care of business time. Yes. Exactly. Yes. I mean, look at how many people are saying me to my question. <laughs> this, is, this is crazy. Look at this. Yeah, li living in California every day is 420. Yeah, yep. Big holiday like Valentine's Day. Look, big Gucci Look every Bennett. day is 420. Yeah. Jason yep. Bennett said, I don't smoke I don't that smoke ish. That. Yep. You know. Yep. What is the seat? Jameson Smith said, I can't. I was baptized three months ago. Niners <laughs> taking a shot at me. I do it every day when I watch Rob. Thank you. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. That's it. We got it. We got it. So, yeah, you're you're involved. Have at it, man. You know, it's, it's, do your thing. Speaking of, that, speaking of that tank, man, fight's going to be a good fight, man. Are you paying for You're going to pay for that fight watch it? I am. Really? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put the bill for it. That's like, I remember, you know, we used to get 50% off. Back in the day when it, we were at NBC, we used to get fifty percent off, and then all of a sudden it dropped down ten dollars off. Like what? Yeah, it's Are you no serious? longer 50, 50. No, it's, it, I think it's almost at cost now. What? Oh, is that what it is? Is it that much now? So it's not even ten dollars anymore. Oh my gosh! Oh, that stinks. It just goes to show you, man. Cable's losing a lot of money, aren't they? I know. They got to make up their money somehow. They ain't losing it. They're definitely not losing. They're just not spending it on us. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. Do, I, do I want to pay to watch that fight? Much as I want to see that fight, do I want to pay to watch it? Yeah, why don't you go ahead and pay mm. so, we, so I can come down and watch it on the big screen What right what, there. Why well, you got to come here? What, what, can't, why can't you Am watch I not it? allowed to come to your house, Derek? If I ever said no, you, Trish overrules anything I say anyway. <laughs> I would never exactly. say no first. I want you $85 for this fight? What? Yeah. Are you serious? It made a, the, yeah, just tell said this might be the fight of the year, man. I like both oh, of them, no. man. What happened to sixty-five dollars? It's up eighty-five dollars. That's why you get a group, man. You oh, gotta get cheap. you gotta get you gotta get people. You gotta get cheap. people over there. With I remember you. I paid one time. I paid like a buck twenty, like a year and a half ago. I paid a buck twenty. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. Let me tell you, eighty-five dollars. That's my lunch money for the next three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you better, you better watch all the undercards and everything else if you're going to do it. You know, if you're going to get involved. You know, that's, that's hey, 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 Tone, you're invited also. There you go. There you Are go. you inviting people to my house too? <laughs> is that what we doing? Start grilling here? right now, Derek. Yeah. Is that what yes. we doing? Yes. I'll, 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 I can. I can. I'll, I'll. Um. What is? What's it called? I'll. I'll, I'll take it and. Uh, 
I have an Uber Eats in the, you know, there you a, go. A, a, uh, a, ribs. He, he has a suggestion it's, for Instacart. Us. Instacart. Instacart. Yeah. Instacart. Uh, Can you imagine if if we even considered this notion from Forest Hill? Yes. Edibles. We yeah. would uh we would not be on air the next day. No. Well, either know. that or we'd be the most popular show ever. I don't know. Right, right. Or we will see Barrett consume White Castles like we've never seen a human consume them before. <laughs> Thanks. That's that true. man would have the munchies personified. Yeah. Uh, well said. Uh, did you guys see this story? The uh, the A's organization has bought land in Las Vegas and plans to, uh, when their lease is up in 2024, plans to finally leave that that Oakland Coliseum, mm-hmm. which is a decrepit, beat up, mm-hmm. you know, place where possums are. Mausoleum. In the booth. Oh, yeah. I've seen uh, it all there. Yeah. You said possums in the broadcaster booth. Yes. The Mets were doing a game the other night and a possum popped out of the wall. <laughs> I've seen a lot of everything in that stadium. Wow, that's yeah. worse than uh, that's worse than uh, the, the vet. vet. Well, the vet had wild cats in it, and every once in a while, yeah. you walk in, you see a dead cat sitting, uh, well, laying laying dead. From, you know why? It dropped, it dropped out of the Raptors. Oh. No, you know uh, what? In, in the stadium, gang of rats whooped his behind. Right, the rats so. were big as the cats in there. Hey man, I told you, man, Eagles officials back in the day when I got here in '97, '98 would tell you when it was raining. They look up, you see a rat looking down at you through the um, the ceiling. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, no, that's when I go looking for another job. That's yeah, it. I hear you. I, hey, all right, I'm so done. let's update people. Yeah. Nick Sirianni said the team is trending in the right direction of hiring Matt Patricia. He said he's also discussed it with Slay. Uh, but according to the people who are there, it feels like this is a matter of when, not if, that he will be hired. So somebody jumped the gun and put it on the website Correct. too soon then. Correct. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it, it, maybe it's just not the I's aren't dotted and the, the T's aren't crossed. But it sounds like it's pretty close. All right. So I guess Slay's good. Yeah, that's today. That, that, <laughs> that, that's today. Wait until – wait until I, – I don't see it happening. But imagine if the defense it becomes a sieve compared to what we were spoiled to watch last year with all these changes, all these coaches, all these players. Imagine if the defense is ups and downs. Who's going to be the first one to speak out about the defensive play? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. I mean, you do figure it's him. I mean, I can see it. You, look, you have two guys who are extremely outspoken on yep. that team. Slay yep. is one, AJ Brown's another, right? Am I missing yep. anybody else's? Or no, that's about it. Yeah, but those two will—they're not afraid to, to share their thoughts. Um, they don't say what they want to say. Yep. Yep. And look, if you continue to play well, the team plays well, eh, no big deal. That no. stuff only becomes a big deal if you lose and you don't play well. So Exactly. Uh, yeah. Circling back, I mean, that's that's Quez Watkins, if you didn't see, put out a tweet. And I guess it's on the heels of the, the Eagles signing the wide receiver for the Falcons, Zacchaeus, uh, saying I'm going to basically make all of you guys eat your bleeping words. So uh, – Something's got him fired up. I right, guess. Well, go ahead, man. Take receipts, man. I, I don't care. Take receipts. I love that. Yeah. You know, I love that. You know, I, I love the build up before games. You know, when I hear people talking stuff, and then all of a sudden, you, game time. Now we got to see what's going on. You know, what I'm saying, is he put up or shut up? You know, what I'm saying, if you go put, you know, put your name, put your mouth on the line. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Strap it up and let's go. Yeah. I mean, I don't I ain't scared. I don't, yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind you being fired up. That's what competition is. You you fired you up, but. You you picked the wrong platform for somebody who has has ridden that proverbial roller coaster like you. You picked the wrong platform to uh, display your emotions, because people are now storing that away. They're saving that that tweet. 
Oh, they can't wait to bring that tweet out in September, October, November. Are you kidding me? I don't know. Dude, you play right into the social media hands, man. You, you Haven't you learned your lesson watching all these other players go through this stuff? Yeah. 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 Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, Howie Roseman says everyone in the Jalen Hurts negotiations wanted to make it a win-win. Uh, gave some love out to Jalen, to Nicole Lynn, his agent, Jake Rosenberg of the Eagles, and Bryce Johnston. Uh, he went on to say, I think it's a heck of a deal for Jalen. Uh, I think it's a heck of a deal for the Eagles. Um, so that's according to Howie with mm. uh, where things are with that uh, n- negotiation. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, it, apparently, yeah, there was just a little bit of a mistake made by the Eagles website, according to everybody, everybody down there. It'll, it'll become official soon. Hey, uh, see, see, Jamison Smith said Jalen Rager said revenge season. What happened? What happened that season? Uh-huh. Your revenge uh-huh. season. Uh-huh. Remember yeah. when you said that? You know, J- uh-huh. honestly, Jalen is in just hope I can stick around and get about six, seven years out of this uh-huh. thing. No, yep. that's kind of where he's at at this point because he, he did absolutely nothing for the Vikings last year. Nope. Not a doggone thing. He yeah. had every opportunity because Thielen wasn't their guy last year, obviously. Right. Nope. And he had every opportunity to step up. And I remember the one route he ran a deep crossing route and he, he slowed up on the ball. Yep. He twice. Really the ball. In that in that game where they had to come all the way back. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He, he he caused two interceptions in that game. I you know, I just he I can't believe he's a coach's son because he doesn't have instincts. It feels no, like. no, I don't either. You it's know, hard to the coach's son. Monty Monty Rager. Oh no, his, his, yeah, that's right. Uh, but yeah, his, oh, I I played with his pops. Yeah, I played with his pops. But he, that's he was me and him was like this too. We were cool. We came in the same year. Well, why don't you call Pops and say, hey, man, why don't you slap your son in the back of you-know-what? I called him, but I didn't tell him that, though. Oh, you could have. No, you, you don't know where you live. Uh, well, I mean, that's my boy. I mean, I'm not going to talk. <laughs> I didn't talk. And then, you know what? During that whole time, I didn't talk bad about it. I told the truth. Now, yeah. if the truth is talking bad about him, then I guess I did talk bad about him. But I, I, don't talk, I don't talk about players bad. I tell what they're doing. I just tell the truth about what they're doing. They can't hate. They can't take the criticism like today, like the old right. school players. Right, right. They can't. Like when you came into the league and the Dawkins and all these guys. It, hey, look, it was water off a duck's back. Either they agree with you, or they didn't think it didn't take it to heart, and they went about their business. These dudes nowadays want to sound back at everything, man. Right, right, right. You know, it's like, man, how, how thin skin can you be? You're in a profession where you're going to be critiqued. We're in a profession where we're going to be critiqued. You got to have thick skin, man. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. My goodness. Uh, let me give you the Phillies lineup for today uh, against Colorado. Bryson Stott will start uh, and at second and lead off. Trey Turner will be in the two-hole. Kyle Schwarber's going to DH. He'll hit third. Uh, Nick Castellanos will back clean up. He'll pay, play right. Brandon Marsh will hit fifth. He'll play center. JT Realmuto will catch, uh, and he will bat sixth. Alec Bohm, third base, bat seventh. Jake Cave bats eighth in left field. Uh, Josh Harrison. Will bat ninth, and he will play third base. Matt Strom is on the hill for the Phillies against the Rockies. Um, so that is your. It's it's becoming sort of the standard fair lineup with, with a couple of you know changes here and there at third base and first base, depending on you know what, what direction you want to go with that. But that's kind of where things are. All right, let's. Uh, hey, hey, real quick, going yeah. back to what you were talking about area uh, earlier, all uh, uh, the blue check marks gone on social media. Now, I don't know how to read this one. Mark, my friend Mark McMillan says, bye-bye, uh, blue check marks. No, all the verified accounts will be paid ones. 
hey, it's really Mark McMillan. Elliot Shore Parks, wow, already fake accounts. Obviously wasn't me. And somebody put under Elliot Shore Parks, one prospect, I'm not I'm not sold on his Gerald Embiid. If I were the Sixers, I would take Noah Vonley, Vonley over Embiid. Which so. is actually something that Elliot tweeted out. Elliot's being facetious, p- oh, pretending really? like they're fake accounts, saying that. Elliot actually did say that. He did? Yes. How do you know that? I, I he because he gets his balls busted about it all the time. Okay. Basically. Yeah. Okay. So it's true. Um, all right, let's do some birthdays. You guys ready? Here we go. Oh. All right. This is not a great one, but he was born on this day. Adolf Hitler. All right, we'll, we'll keep it moving. Adolf Pass. Hitler. Pass. We'll keep it moving. Uh Shamar Moore of SWAT yep. uh, has been in a bunch of other stuff. He is 53 Criminal today. Yep. Uh Andy Circus, uh, mm-hmm. the act British actor. Who, who is in a lot of stuff. Uh, he is 59 today. Jessica Lang, uh, the actress, yep. 74 today. Carmen Electra is 51. Strong. And yes, all those, still, that, all those who agree with fine say aye. Still strong. Still all those opposed say nay. <laughs> ain't, no, ain't no nays here. <laughs> uh, Luther Vandross was born on this day in 1951. Big Luther or little Luther? Big. That was little Luther then. A little. Well, in 1951 when he oh, was he born, was little he was then. little then. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I got you. Um, George Takai, who played Sulu on uh, Star Trek, is 86 today. Yep. yep. Miranda Kerr, the model, is 40 today. Yep. Uh, Crispin Glover, who is a quirky, to say the least, actor. Yeah, man. He played... Strange, strange cat. Uh, yeah, he yeah. is 59 today. A great, he's a great actor, though. He can act. He's different, but he can act. Uh, Luke Keekley, the excellent linebacker who hung up, uh, hung his cleats up pretty early, is 32 today. Uh, Joey Lawrence, the actor, is 47. From Abington, PA. He is a local product. Uh, Clint Howard, who is Ron Howard's brother, yep. is 64 today. Ron puts him in all his movies. Clint was was blessed to be born into that family. I'm not sure my man would have had a career without his brother, but yeah, that's a really. whole other story. Uh, Ryan O'Neill, uh, the actor, is 82 uh, today. Yeah, Stephen Marley, one of one of Bob's sons, uh, is 51. And where today. was he born? Where was Stephen born? Yep. I, where was Stephen born? Wilmington, Delaware. That's Bob. Worked, Bob worked in Wilmington, Delaware with his and his mother. They worked yeah. here for a little. Bob while. lived in Wilmington yes. for a while. Yeah, he did. I think it was at one of the plants, one of the like Ford plant or Boeing DuPont, or something. DuPont or DuPont. It might have been DuPont. Yeah. yeah, that that people don't know that, but that's true. He lived here for, for for a few years. Sure did. Uh, Don Mattingly, the you know, former uh, Yankee and then manager, is sixty-two years old. Steve Spurrier, the old ball coach, is seventy-eight today. Alan Houston, former Nick, is fifty-two today. What else? You guys have birthdays. Um, Desmond Clark, remember tight end? Yeah. He's 46 today. Um, uh, Miles Monroe, um, evangelist. Okay. He passed away though. Paula White, Paula White Kane now, another mm-hmm. evangelist. Mm-hmm. You remember Paula White? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, guy Carlos Valdez. He played an arrow and flash. You know, I like those quirky yep. movies. Okay. He said, um, Andy Serkis. Yes. He a, yeah, he's good. Circus. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. From, from, uh, he played Gollum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then uh, my boy, Jason Avant, turns 40 today. Oh, that's right. Nice. Jason Avant. All right. Gunner, you got any uh, other birthdays? Yeah, you got Veronica Cartwright, who was the old, uh, you know, played the show Lost in Space. Remember that back in the day? Mm -hmm. 74 today. Uh, great musician, Tito Puente. Great mm -hmm. percussionist. One of the best ever. 78. Danny Granger, former NBA player, is 40. Lionel one of the best jazz musicians ever, 94. Oh, wow. Um, Bill, uh, he, well, he passed away in, in uh, ooh, 2002. Bill okay. Magnuson, who played on Boardwalk Empire, is 38. Mm -hmm. Former college basketball coach Dick Bennett is 80. Yep. Michael Bidwill, owner of the Arizona Cardinals, is 54. Good boy. Yep. And Keelan Cole, uh, Raiders wide receiver, is 30. Okay. Okay. Uh, and last but not least for birthdays, Matty Ellis, happy birthday, 18 today. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. Okay. Ellis, that's right. Maddie. Yep. Um, uh, and then, uh, movies, we got Think Are Like a Man. To order whatever she wants on her birthday. She's getting Raising Cane's <laughs> fried chicken, which is her favorite tonight, which is, is right it? up her alley. Yes. That's what she's mm. getting tonight. Uh, she gets, I told her, whatever you want, whatever you want. Uh, it doesn't happen it, often in the house. It doesn't happen, so enjoy it. It only happens on, on milestone birthday, so enjoy. Um, <laughs> Think Like a Man, 2012. Uh, Annie Hall, 1977. Uh, <gasps> Dawn of the Dead, 1979. Uh, there wasn't a ton of movies there to choose from. Yeah. You guys got any movies? Uh, 2018, Super Trooper 2. Okay. <laughs> what? Uh, that, comedy, that cop comedy movie. Super yeah, the guy, that, I think it's the, uh, yeah, the, yeah. the uh, South Park guys. I think do yeah. that. I think. Yeah, uh, but and yeah, did you say it. think like a think like think a man? Like a man. 2012. Yep, yep, yep. 2012. Yeah, that that's was it. it. That was it. Uh, all right. So um, Nick Sirianni on Jalen Hurts' contract. I was juiced. Jalen and I have a great relationship. By doing it when we did it and working together for us, it's about having flexibility around him. And Jalen recognized that. Uh, we get a chance to plan and build around him. That's from Howie Roseman. So uh, good stuff here. You know, good stuff from the Eagles and, and talking about the contract situation uh, and getting Jalen locked in and, and all that stuff. All right. Uh, we are out of time. I uh, want to thank Tone DeShields. Great job, Tone. Tone had a, had a killer uh, tie-dye shirt on today, man. It was a, it was a good-looking good -looking piece of uh, – piece of gear uh want to thank uh, all the folks in the chat section appreciate you guys everybody streaming everybody listening you guys are the best uh we'll be back tomorrow at the same time and don't go anywhere because you have the national football show coming your way with dan Cilio. so tomorrow guys we keep it rolling phillies uh game one of the colorado series sixers game three recap against the nets and we will then be six days away six days away from the NFL draft. So we will dig into all of those things and more tomorrow. All right. For Derek Gunn, for Barrett Brooks, I am Rob Ellis. We appreciate you guys watching and we will see you guys same time tomorrow, 12 Eastern for three hours of power. We are sports take. See you tomorrow. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. 